Cheers, y'all. Good one. Welcome, my friends, to this fine little radio program called Smoking and Toasting. Show number, are you ready? Are you ready? 140. That's amazing. You know, every time I hear that song, like if that song <laughs> yeah. comes on a radio, I just start talking. You, do you do you treat like, do I the just well well talk. in your head? <laughs> like, I hear that song and yeah. I just want to talk about whiskey. That's that's good. See, and that's cigars. that's a positive thing. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I'm around other people and it comes on and I start with the well well, they just look they at get me weird, like right? I yeah, I got <laughs> completely nuts. Going on? Well, welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is smoking and toasting. It is uh, show number one hundred and forty, tentatively titled Smoking and Boatin' or not. Smoking and boating. Yes, uh, nice. and we'll get to that in just a moment. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave, and a brand new location coming Ooh. soon. This is big news. Uh, they're opening a second BB Lemon in Houston in the former Pax Americana space. I don't know if you know where that is, but uh, it is uh, going to be... Uh, well, it certainly didn't take long. Let's put it that way. Right. So apparently, right. BB Lemon must be doing really well, and I'm reasonably sure that it's at least in part because of their sponsorship. Of course, of it's because the of the smoking us. and toasting show. So uh, I think we should take credit for it, whether it actually is or not. Uh, so welcome to the show. We have a, a lot to do. Uh, what was the old song? Eastbound and down. Uh, the smoking the bandit song. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Ah. that's kind of what we have today. We have. Uh, uh, a couple of great segments that we put together uh, last Saturday evening on a paddle boat in Galveston Bay. We'll tell you all about that coming up, but we're going to be talking with Brandon Luna from McAuliffe Cigars, with Jenny Lynn Hunter from Drew Estate, and with Alan Denny, who nobody cares about nobody with E.P. Carrillo. So uh, we are uh, going to be chatting with them about uh, what's going on with them. This is all, it's almost IPCPR time, and in the cigar world, that's when a lot of the new stuff debuts, because they debut a lot of new stuff at that big convention in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. uh, which I understand you're going to be in the proximity of. I'm going to be in Vegas at that time. Yeah, so I have a feeling so, you're going to uh, be... We're going to see what happens. We'll yeah. see if I can I, sneak my way in, here's as what you it do. were. You stand outside whatever the casino is where the uh, convention is going on, and uh, and you hold a sign that says "We'll work for cigars." We'll work for cigars. Yeah, and nice. just see how far that gets you. I think, <laughs> I think it could totally. Yeah, work. I totally plan on crashing that party. By the way, yes, uh, we do have uh, several amazing things to taste, and and again, a fairly short uh, a short window to do them because we've got these segments from uh, from the boat. So we'll get to that. Uh, plus. Uh, I really want to do this. We've been talking about it for the last several weeks. Cigar aficionado, seven fine cigars for $7 or less. So I want to go through that That's uh, pretty today. awesome. Yeah. Um, I thought we might uh, jump to our first tasting, but first I I thought we'll just get right to it, Ian. Uh, did you smoke anything interesting this week? Um, let me think about that for a minute. Of course I did. <laughs> I had a feeling. Of course I did. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I went down to do my normal thing where I uh, went down to the uh, Casa de Monte Cristo and hung out in the lounge for a little bit. But I didn't have a whole lot of time, so I intentionally picked uh, a smaller um, cigar. And, and You've done this before when you were a little short yeah, on time. Yeah, I was, I was running a little short today. Um, so uh, I, I ended up picking up a Liga Privada Nasty Fritas. Oh, nice. 
Jones. This is a funny looking cigar. Mm-hmm. It is. It is mm-hmm. a. I think technically it's a torpedo or a mini torpedo or something like that. It basically just looks like a cone. It yeah. looks like one of those sushi mm-hmm. hand rolls. <laughs> yeah, like a hand rolled sushi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this a, so I think it's rated as a four by fifty two. Um, uh, torpedo, I think, is what it's cost. But yeah, we'll talk about price in a minute here. Uh, appearance: dark brown, very rustic, rough, leathery, and kind of inconsistent firmness all the way down it. That makes sense though, because of the shape. That it would be hard for the firmness to remain consistent. Yeah, right? it was. But there were like kind of there were a couple softer spots, not just necessarily like from one part to the other, but like within uh, sections. And it's not a very big cigar; it's four inches, so it's not mm-hmm. it's not a huge cigar. Um, the uh, the pre-light sniff, it was very earthy and leathery. You know, I didn't get a whole lot, but earth and leather was, was the predominant there. It smelled really nice. Uh, the pre-light draw, effortless. Um, effortless draw. I, I used a, a clip, obviously, because you can't punch that. It's too small at the end. Um, and um, it, it's just a cone-shaped cigar. It was so weird. I saw it, and I said, I have to have that. <laughs> But anyway, the uh, the uh, the pre-light draw was uh, effortless with a clip. Um, a lot of earth, leather, and mocha flavors that I was getting right off the draw. And it's before um, you lit, before right? I light it, right? The initial light was sharp and tangy, kind of, um, and not in a bad way, but kind of yeah. interesting. And leather, uh, lots of leather going on in this, with a little bit of light, spicy pepper on the initial light. Uh, the first third of this was leather and mocha, light pepper, earthy, kind of tangy sweetness that tanginess hung on and i kind of enjoyed that it was it was really nice um uh solid ash perfect burn uh the second third of the cigar uh started developing a little more of the rich earth flavors with more Mm -hmm. mocha the leather was there the tangy sweetness was still there light pepper in the background solid ash perfect burn so far this was a great cigar the last third of this pepper building up a little bit, of course. We're getting down to the smaller parts of the cigar, and it's uh, loading up a little bit. Dark roasted coffee kind of came out in that. Still had mocha, and then the chocolatiness, the the mocha stuff that was going on, turned into kind of like a chocolate cake sweetness. That Ooh, was really nice. interesting. Uh, a lot less tangy at that point, but it turned out like there's like an almost an aftertaste of dark chocolate cake. It was kind of well, interesting. That's, that's interesting because usually when you get chocolate in a cigar, it's more the sort of gritty cocoa type Right, right. No, this flavors. had a real, like, creamy, chocolatey smoothness to it. And like I said, you know, like, the difference between having a piece of chocolate and a piece of chocolate cake, there's a little aftertaste that that chocolate cake gives you a lot of times. Mm-hmm. That's what I was really picking mm-hmm. up on. Um, so my uh, my final thoughts on it. This was a half-hour smoke. Um, for what I picked it up for, it was absolutely perfect. It was uh, $6.50. Uh, a little pricey for a four-inch cigar uh, in a weird shape, though, so it's kind of neat because of mm-hmm. that. It was an ugly cigar uh, on the outside. It smoked great. I had no problems with the burn, no problems with anything. This is made from the fillers and leftovers from the Liga Pravada line, number oh, nine. I didn't realize that, so it's like a short, uh, a short yeah, filler? Yeah, this is a short fill Liga Pravada, basically, but gotcha. for $6.50, getting the same tobacco, man, it was delicious. So you get mm. a solid five on that, and I uh, I reviewed the Papas Fritas, which is their more traditional-looking mm-hmm, small mm-hmm. cigar, a while back, and I, I I think I felt about the same way with that one as well. As I recall, so yes. I got to say, if you want something short with good quality tobacco and and not enough to break the bank, that's that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good little cigar. Nice, nice. Well, I will tell you, Ian, Mother Nature is apparently pissed off at me. Uh oh, uh, I, I, it's just been stupid windy at my house for a whole week now. And when I say stupid windy, I don't mean just like it's a little breezy. 
I mean, you start looking around because you're wondering if people's deck chairs are going to be flying around. Okay, I just want to point out to uh, everybody listening that this is a man who lives 32 floors up and is complaining that his backyard is 32 floors above uh, Discovery Green in Houston. I'm not complaining about my backyard. I'm complaining (laughs) about the wind. Because I smoke most of my cigars on the balcony. And and I recognize, by the way, that the month of March is going to be a little windy. Like, I get it. It's, you know, in like a lion, out like a it's never gone out. It's worse now. Well, the problem and is so almost if, if you're anywhere outside of Houston and you have any hills or anything like <laughs> right, that, right. you don't run into this because what happens is, like, there is nothing blocking the wind anywhere yeah, for many miles. Whistles, yeah. And when you're 32 floors up, you are literally above everything, and there's yes. nothing stopping there's the wind, stopping no matter what exactly. direction it's coming from. So I smoke most of my cigars on the balcony, and you know, other than the occasional windy day, I usually don't have that much yeah. trouble, to be honest. Uh, but this whole week I've been trying to smoke cheapies. Like, even if you're half in and half out, you still can't quite... Well, half in and half out helps. That's, but then... this, is, this is the process where he opens his patio door and one foot is on the patio and one foot's inside the house. That's what I do when I'm watching like a basketball game or movies yeah, yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or, uh, or like during the hurricane I did that, you know. But, but anyway, um, so this week, um, you know, it's been a smoke the cheapies week because you don't want to take a, an expensive cigar out on... You know the balcony in a windy day, right? Right, uh, and it just it just isn't going to burn as well, and you're not going to get the same mm-hmm. flavor and stuff. So plus, wind blowing across it can really heat up a cigar, right, and make it burn hot. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so I've been smoking the cheapies, and um, I decided to smoke uh, one of the Argonies Maduro Robustos, and uh, I actually keep these in my I've humidor. Seen those online for uh, for just this reason. Uh, they're a good little cheap. Dog walker type cigar, you know, it, it's it's just good. I if think you're half gonna... the money you spend on those is that big label. They well, I think there. it is, and that's <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in a minute because it's actually a very nice uh, looking cigar for a value brand. Other than this, I don't understand it. Big ugly label. They used to have a much more <laughs> a normal uh, looking label. label on it, and they went with this one. I don't know why, but it's the same label. You can see it in the picture there. It's the same. La- on a robusto, it covers more than half the cigar. So it's like uh, okay, that's they, uh, they don't even scale the label that, for the yeah. That's a bit much. So uh, anyway, uh, all all of that said, uh, it was a pretty good looking cigar for a value brand. Not too uh, veiny, fairly smooth wrapper. Pre light gave off earth and a little bit of uh, cocoa. I used a V cut and lit her up. There was this little blast of pepper at first, but it quickly settled down. That happens with a lot of mm-hmm. cigars. Uh, I'd say this was on the high side of medium bodied, and I don't want to be misleading. This was a very straightforward cigar. Not a ton of complexity. Now, that said, I could detect some coffee bean notes, a little bit of chocolate, cocoa, gritty chocolate, and it did have a nice Maduro sweetness on the finish. To be able to pull that out of A, a cheap cigar, and B, a cheap cigar in the wind, I think is a pretty good thing. Yeah, that's standing uh, because, up pretty well. Because if you go out and you smoke the cigar, and no matter how cheap it is, if you don't enjoy it on some level, then it's not even worth burning yeah. the cheaper stick. You know what I mean? So. Uh, so it was enjoyable. Perhaps most remarkable about this thing, and it was an amazing reminder that a cigar does not have to be expensive to burn well. It was superbly constructed. Burned like a champ, even in this ridiculous gusty wind I was in. Nice. And that's, I mean, I've had very expensive, plenty of, you know, $10 plus cigars that didn't burn this well mm-hmm. in, in a mild or no breeze. 
So I was very impressed with that. Uh, m- made me think this is a very good cigar for like people who want to smoke on the golf course. Mm, right, right. <laughs> a because it's usually going to be breezy, and you know I don't really do golf that much. But uh, uh, but if you're out there and you know it's cheap, you can give it away to your friends, and and it'll be a nice, pleasant experience without you know burning your most expensive stick while you're on the back nine. Mm-hmm. So um, it's certainly not my favorite smoke, but I'll tell you what, it's damn near the best you can get at this price. I really think so. I've smoked a lot of cheap cigars. I usually try to talk about the more expensive ones, but I've smoked a lot of cheap ones. Uh, I got this in a bundle from Cigars International because uh, here's the deal. This cigar costs $2.25. Wow. That's it. $2.25. Once I, 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 I didn't buy it individually. I bought the bundle of 20 uh-huh. So I b- got the calculator out because I'm not very smart with the math. And uh, I you know, broke it down. $2.25. Price to quality, 7 Nice. 7 because it's so cheap. If this had been a five and a half dollar cigar, I would not have been disappointed. And it was two twenty five. <laughs> so, uh, so the next time I smoke something really expensive and talk about it, uh, please do not accuse me of being elitist in those uh, comments that I don't read uh, on on the show because uh, I, I don't. Uh, our buddy Brian put up a comment. So a nice choice to enjoy down at Surfside. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's another thing. You know, uh, um, we didn't do this last year, but a uh, year before last, my wife and I went down during the summer and spent some time in in Galveston. Down there by the beach, and uh-huh. it's kind of the same thing. Like right. even though we had a, a sort of a semi-protected porch, that wind still whipping off right. the off the uh, bay, really, really strong. And you know, you're just gonna not be able to get the same kind of enjoyment out of a really complex, uh, you know, really, right. uh, really intense, uh, intensive cigar. So in the wind, you need something that's a strong enough to battle the wind, mm-hmm. but b not so strong. It's also not a good place to smoke like a diesel or something like that because oh, yeah. you don't need those to get any stronger by yeah, burning a little hot. Yeah, that's you right. Know? Now, I said this when was on the high side of medium-bodied. It may, in, in lesser wind, be more like a mild to medium. Right, uh, right. But at least but that's how it came across, hot, right. burning a little hot. Yeah, so. Uh, but, but again, that's not the cigar's fault. That's the wind. So I was very happy with it. Now, there wasn't a lot of wind, and I'm going to let you open our first beer because we're going to do a beer here in the first uh, segment because we have so much going on on the show today. Uh, there wasn't a lot of wind. Well, actually, there was. We just found a way to get around it. Uh, when we were down on the paddle boat on Saturday in Galveston Bay, uh, Ian and I were invited, along with our wives, uh, to uh, attend, uh, and uh, Adam was there also, um, to attend the uh, event that Maduro's uh, Cigar Lounge. Cruising and smoking. Yep, cruising and smoking. And um, I thought to myself, I have a smoking cruise with me. I know, and I... I, I couldn't stop myself I from I tried that desperately joke. to avoid making that joke, but uh, but it got made anyway. So, <laughs> so we were down there, and through a series of events that was described by the boating company as... The tide was funky, although we looked around and saw other boats managing it with no problem, uh, and uh, was explained by someone a little closer to the situation as the captain didn't show up. The captain did not show up. Yeah, I think he may have gotten into the uh, Lost Abbey Carnival Saison uh, a little <laughs> earlier in the day and, and couldn't make it out. But anyway, so we wound, up being, uh, we wound up staying at the dock. And you know what? Had a hell of a time. The food was great. Um, uh, it was fun hanging out with Alan Denning and all the cigar people. There were a number of vendors there, uh, McAuliffe and Drew Estate and Rocky Patel and uh, E.B. Carrillo, yeah. and it was it was just great. And I, I think you wanted to buy a box of cigars, didn't you? 
I uh, wound up buying two. Went, oh, buying two. <laughs> Who's your friend? <laughs> and and uh, I got a box of the uh, Encore. Oh, nice. And, uh, That's very and they're cool. so good. I've already They really one. are. Those they're cigars so are fantastic. I also bought that. Uh, do you have that cigar that I brought for you? I do. Uh, uh, you want to show this off a little bit? Yeah, this yeah. was uh, a box that... Because uh, I'm very excited to smoke Yeah, this. this is so unique. This is the Leyenda. Uh, um, and this is one of the McAuliffe's. Yeah, it's the McAuliffe uh, Leyenda. And it's their... Um, it's their, uh, what do they call it? They're some series. I now can't that's Gomez fun. Sanchez uh, family series. But it's very cool. It's in a, uh, it's in a coffin, a little open Yeah, I was going to say, that's box pressed. And <laughs> it's an odd box press because it has it has a, a kind of a torpedo-ish box yeah, press. Yeah, it really shape, does. It's kind of weird. Long torpedo. It's I like a it, beautiful, beautiful cigar. Let's yeah, I was going to say, what a, what a great like, gift cigar. Like if you're giving somebody a... Uh, uh, birthday or holiday gift oh, or something. I should have waited know? until your birthday, yeah, shouldn't but, I? Yeah, but I want to smoke it before then. So. <laughs> this wind so, is going to let up eventually. I so, yeah, and it. the nice thing is, you like, when you go to those <laughs> events and you buy a box, you'll get the box at a good price. Um, they always they always give you a decent price there. But what they do to sweeten that is they add in, like, I think uh, I could choose a, um, uh, either a, a nice big ashtray or a flask or a hat, and I, I opted for the ashtray since I don't have a whole lot of ashtrays. And then, uh, and then they threw in those uh, Matafinas, those giant Matafinas. Oh, which you spoke threw in a five there, pack of good, those. Yeah. So I ended up with a really nice bunch of stuff. Nice and then, home, uh, yeah. and then also the box of Encores came with a, a nice uh, travel humidor. And ah, sweet. Yeah, and you know, like you always get those extras, those extra at, cool at these things. kind of promotional yeah, events, at those yeah. kind of promotions. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's absolutely. it's. You get a little more than just the the cigars. So it was really nice, and I had a great time with it. Let me read you something here, Ian. It says on this bottle. For centuries, does it say dank? Uh, and, no, and, but it and does funk? say, but it does say Brettanomyces. So uh, you know, you you're going to figure uh, that there's going to be some dankness. For centuries, it says Venetians lightened the dark of winter with an elaborate upending of social order. I love when they write like this on a that's, beer. That's awesome. Uh, in donning a disguise for the carnival, uh, a one uh, for one night, a pauper could become a prince, a learned man a fool, a proper lady a passionate lover, and no one would be wiser. This beer is our tribute to that grand celebration of the unexpected. A Saison-style blonde ale with American hops and well, that's all you really need to know. Now put on your mask, raise your glass, and roast to the magic of a winter's night mystery. Le Carnival. Now I didn't realize that it was a winter thing, uh, but this is a very, very interesting looking beer. Uh, comes in a bomber, and it's from Lost Abbey. Can I, can uh, I see that brewing. closer for a second? Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it is very interesting. <laughs> oh looking. no wonder you wanted to see it closer. So you've begun doing your research, Ian, and I'll put this on the Whirly Gig machine, uh, and you can tell Mr. me what you think. Whirly Gig. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say a few words: dank, um, funk, uh, champagne. It really does have a champagne character it to it. It has this champagne dryness and you know how champagne always feels like it's a little sweeter than it is? Like yes, good champagne. Ab- absolutely like know champagne. what you're talking like about. There's a yes. sweetness to it that's not super sweet. <laughs> this has that right up front and then finishes with that dry Christmas like champagne does. If you are a fan of that mouthfeel, mm-hmm. this is a beer for you. This so, is- yeah, what I found interesting about this from the get-go is that um, when I'm experiencing flavors this dank and funky, I am expecting a big mouthfeel and a heavier 
uh, a more oiliness type of uh, type of beer, and that's not what this is at no, all. This is delicate, you get, almost. Yes, you get the dank and the, and the funky flavors. Yes. The bread breadomyces uh, starts working on your tongue, and then this very champagne like almost cleansing <laughs> finish. Yes, uh, that's just wonderful. And um, it's like, a, it's got a woody dryness <laughs> to it. Almost. I'm not a, I'm not the hugest fan. I enjoy them on occasion, but I'm not the hugest fan of the saisons and the farm style uh you know ales but i gotta tell you this is a very is, very good this beer. is an incredibly complex uh version of one i think because because you don't get that that dank overhang or that dank aftertaste there's a little banana in here yes there there's is. a little banana there's a little bit of uh that fruitiness uh, i'm almost things. getting a little bit of coconut uh, it's not tropical I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how to say that banana and coconut and it not be tropical. Maybe but maybe coconut, but not coconut sweet coconut. Coconut You know, like yeah, yeah, like like real coconut. Uh, it's it's this is incredibly interesting. I love how dry it is. This is one of the better beers I think I've had. This is. I just realized I didn't pass one of these to Adam. Uh, Adam, that's why he's <laughs> not saying that. anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I have to say I'm enjoying this much more than I expected to. Well, I will tell you this. I can see why they don't call it the champagne of beers because mm-hmm. they probably get sued. Then that, yeah. but this is much more like champagne than I think any beer I've ever tried. It, it really is, and in a very good way. Not yes, in a, oh, absolutely. Not in a way that that doesn't work, but in a way that's uh, that's really functional. Wow, I like it. Well, it's been a crazy interesting week. We're going to get to as much of that as we can. But when we come back in our next segment, uh, we're going to give you the first of the segments that we did uh, on the boat. Uh, and these are a little dark because it was getting dark and we didn't have, you know, uh, you know, big professional lighting system uh, cranked up. But you'll be able to see the players. You'll be able to figure out what's going on. And uh, there's some really interesting cigar information in this because we're sitting down with some really interesting cigar people. I will tell you that there are uh, uh, bits of this first segment that may be not safe for work. Just, I mean, it's fine. Just don't have it cranked up really loud because... Uh, there's well, language. Jenny Lynn likes to drop the F-bomb. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll be back with that segment. And uh, there's more to come, by the way, including, and oh, man, there's, there's so much going on, uh, Ian, but we got to get to this, um, a new federal bill to raise the legal smoking age to 21 nationwide has been introduced. So we'll tell you about that coming up as well. It's Smoking and Toast in show number 140. That's a darn good beer. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 140, Smoking and Boating or Not. And the reason I say or not is because we, you know, we never took off from the dock. So we weren't really boating, but we sure had a good time. We were we on a boat, to, though. Yeah, we were, we were on a boat. And uh, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, a fine place with bacon, 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 as well as great bacon. steaks and a wonderful bar, by Steak. the way. 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. Bar. And in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Shops. I, I like this style of uh, <laughs> subliminal advertising that you're doing. I like it. Uh, also by B&B Italia uh, on Memorial in Houston and B.B. Lemon. Uh, uh, on Washington Ave and a uh, brand new location coming soon. All right, let's uh, let's climb aboard the boat here, Ian. This is the uh, this is the interview that we did with uh, a number of very interesting cigar people who will all get introduced here as we bring you to the uh, was it smoking and cruising? Is that what they called? Uh, yeah. Smoking and cruising. Was it smoking and cruising? Yeah. Cruising, smoking, smoking, and cruising. This was sponsored by Maduro's Cigar Lounge, by the way. Yeah, which, by the way, we're big fans of. These are the guys that resurrected 
uh, an entire uh, wonderful cigar store and lounge in the spot that used to be the man cave. Right. Uh, and it is uh, much better now and run by much nicer people. But we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, all right, let's go to the boat. It's smoking and toasting. Yes, we are on board the captain's paddle wheel. I'm told that's what the boat is. I think is it's actually. the colonel's paddle, colonel's oh, paddle wheel. Oh, colonel's yeah. paddle wheel. Not the captain's paddle wheel, but the colonel's paddle yeah, That's wheel. why we don't have a captain. Uh, well, uh, that's, you know, listen, I was going to say that when Alan Denny throws an event, he throws an event because here we are on board this big paddle boat in the bay right off of Galveston, and everybody's drinking uh, beers and cocktails People are smoking cigars. We just had a huge barbecue dinner, and not one person has gotten seasick. Not one. Not yet. Not, not yet. One. Not Give yet. it time. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> when you throw an event, you throw an event. Uh, that, you know that opening, that open bar at the beginning of this event was pretty nice. Well, that's yeah. You know, listen. Anytime, anytime it's open bar and you didn't have to sit through a wedding first, that's a that's a pretty awesome. So thing. this is the the title of this event is smoking and cruising. Smoking and cruising. There you go. Oh, kind of goes along with the show that I listen to. That's right. On a regular I, I basis. I brought my own smoking cruise. Yeah. Hey, uh. <laughs> so you knew he was going there. You and I got a drinking there. cruise. There was no way I could not do that. Yeah. You know yeah. that happens, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, and we might as well get this out of the way, ladies and gentlemen. Our good friend Alan Denny, who nobody cares about. Nobody. I don't understand why. So big why. shout out to uh, Fred Malanson from Maduro's uh, Cigar Lounge. Yes, because this is a Maduro's Absolutely. Cigar yeah. Lounge yeah. event. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is Fred's event. Um, so back several months ago, uh, Fred talked about doing an event. I have done multiples on the retail side as well as the wholesale side. And so, of course, with helping Fred out, I said, yeah, I... We put it together, and the first phone call we made was, well, of course, E.P. Carrillo is going to be there, and... Secondly, was Drew Estate. Got to have Drew Estate. Yeah. So the first phone call we made was Hello. Jenny Lynn. So Jenny Lynn from Drew so Estate. Hello. Jenny Lynn is the new Drew Estate rep here in the Houston yes. area. She covers awesome. South Texas, South Louisiana, South Mississippi, South Alabama, all the way south I-10. Oh, south. Dirty, dirty. But you're not from the south. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> But that my was a pretty good is, southern hell no, though. Yes, yeah. it's a hell no, but my name is Jenny Lynn, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It totally works. So uh, so you got uh, Drew Estate here uh, on, on the boat. It's a, right. it's a paddle wheel boat in the harbor. Food, drink, cigars. We got E.P. Carrillo. We got Drew Estate. Who else you got We here? got Rocky Patel, and we got McAuliffe Cigars. We got uh, Jarrah with Rocky Patel is here, and Brandon Luna that just took over the uh, Texas rep position. With McAuliffe Cigars, uh, he took over for Trey Andrews, who got the vice president of sales. I don't know if y'all ever got to meet Trey. Go or not. Trey. Never met Trey. Mine. Congratulations, great guy. Yeah, That's he got awesome. vice president of sales for McAuliffe. Got a nice promotion. So they brought Brandon had been with your anti-cigar uh, company that I'm not going to bring up. I'm not okay. going to name it. Okay. But uh, he he left them. Let's just say, excitingly, I can buy his cigars. Yeah, today. absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's so. That's what I'm excited about. So he left that company. He was kind of out of the industry. He he does his own podcast, has his own thing going on, yep. and uh, he got this opportunity to come back in the industry and work for McAuliffe. And man, it's a it's a, he's a great guy. So I think you'll have him on in a few minutes. We're, we'll talk we're to him. looking forward awesome. to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So so you think about. I'm not sure, with due respect to those guys that you just mentioned, I'm not sure there's really two hotter companies in the cigar world right now than E.P. Carrillo and Drew Estate. Or so, two hotter reps. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I must agree. <laughs> Y'all are bringing sexy back. Yes, hey. it, it's sexy never left here, baby. It's sexy never left. <laughs> it's important to do. With you guys snagging the number one cigar of the year in Cigar Aficionado, we've talked about it a lot. 
on the show. And what's awesome is deservedly so. 100%. Because that encore is Thank you. such a special, Fantastic. special cigar. You know, I, I got to tell you, I like, go back to the, to the episode y'all did where y'all did y'all's top cigars. And, and we and, only did three apiece. Yeah, right. and, and, you know, y'all had some E.P. Carrillos in there. And you know, unfortunately, did. the other person that nobody cares about was on that episode. Yes, well. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> that, that was a great episode. And, and we got the number one rating from Cigar Aficionado, which is a huge, huge accolade to Ernesto. It was well-deserved. The cigar yeah. was great. Ernesto deserved it. And you guys have been making great quality cigars. But this one was just, like, such a breakthrough to, to really top the list at the end of the year is a... I mean, it's a big deal. And it has to mean that more and more people are paying attention to your brand and to the other cigars that you do. And, of course, that's all really exciting. I got to – I'll tell you what, it was was a lot of fun. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I got to spend some time with Ernesto. He came to Dallas Mm -hmm. uh, to do some events and then us to go up to Smoke, Oklahoma. And so who do I get to hang out with? Did you say Smoke, Oklahoma? Yeah. So uh, Todd Neefy with ZT Cigars. I thought that only happened in Rocktober. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I got to, unfortunately, it's not Jenny Lynn's territory, but I got to hang out with JD for a couple of days with Ernesto. You talk about a riot, getting the two of them together, telling stories uh, with uh, Baitfish. Gary was there, and uh, so we do that event, and then we go up to Smoklahoma. Well, JD's doing an event in Dallas. He doesn't go to Smoklahoma, but I got Dirty Fabian for the night. So (laughs) we had had an absolute great time, people that uh, Jenny Lynn is very familiar with. What do you all have new coming up? Anything? Anything great going on? Come to IPCPR and find out, bitches. <laughs> oh, check, please. IP, the no, right International now, right now we have Cigar Convention. Yeah. Yes. Well, you can come there. If you can't get there, try Herrera Esteli Brazilian Matafina. The shit is dope. That's all yeah. I got to say. It's doing really, really well all over the country. It's just kicking ass. My wife is an absolute fan of the uh, Sweet Jane cigar. I was going to say the Deadwood line. absolute loves yeah. those. Deadwood <laughs> is also killing it across yeah. the country. Yeah. She, she yeah. loves those, absolutely. Yeah. I get Very your uh, Friday Under the Bridge newsletter uh-huh. in my email box all the time. And it seems like you guys are coming out with something new, like, Really, very frequently. How many, how many yeah, F you, FDA. Yeah, right. <laughs> how many blends does does Drew Estate a currently lot. hold? More than most companies. That's, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so and we have something for everybody. So. Nice. On on the topic of the FDA and the regulation that certain people who might appear on the show later used to work for companies that actually supported, but we won't go down that path right now. <laughs> oh. uh, but on the topic of that. <laughs> Um, one, of the things, one of the things that's worrying me, because um, I, I don't smoke them all the time, but when I'm in the mood for one, nothing works like an acid. I'm a fan of the Cuba Cuba. Uh, I also like the cold infusion tea. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are, those are like perfect cigars when you're in the mood for that. But are those in danger of going away under the banner of flavored cigars? So what, they do are. Do they let you talk about it? They are underneath that bloom of flavored, infused, non-traditional. Mm-hmm. But um, our company and our parent company, who is Swisher, is fighting to the balls for us. That's so good. see, um, that's what companies do. Yeah. Yes. When when something that that they uh, that you know that they're a part of is part of their. Uh, culture that's part it of the DNA. It's one of the we are that, that culture. Sure. Right. We're the when, biggest manufacturer that produces the unfe- absolutely yeah, the non-traditional. Before you guys came out, I used to occasionally smoke a Lars Teton cigar, mm-hmm. and I would occasionally enjoy them. Sometimes I wouldn't. It really depended because <laughs> the, the blends were just so all over the place. Yeah. Sometimes I just hated myself, yeah. but sometimes <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. But but when acid came out, 
uh, it was like, oh, wow, these are consistent. Like all of these tastes, the taste the way that yeah. I think they're supposed to taste and they're infused properly. But, uh, but my point is that's been a part of a lot of cigar smokers' experience for 100%. a long time. And it's not – those cigars are premium cigars. That's not about, hey, let me buy this so I can stuff something else inside it and, and fool everybody at the train station. Yeah. This is, this is not what the bill is – really trying to accomplish and really trying to No, the bill is actually trying to accomplish taking out flavors in general because they think that it's geared towards children, which children can't buy cigars because now, I mean, going across the board, you either have to be 18, but typically you got to be 21 now. Right, and in Texas, 21 soon. Yes, very soon. So um, with that being said, like, the way that we infuse our tobacco is not like putting the food grade coloring into a in, you know into a cigar and having it taste like a particular flavor mm-hmm. because ours are infused with botanicals and enrichments each one is slightly different so therefore there is no actual flavor that you can pull out of it right. so we're taking the the FDA's own information and using it against them so they have no they have no basis for their right. for their and yet yeah. some companies seem to think it's okay to put out a, a a proclamation that the regulations are good. Well, they probably don't have any infused or non-traditional cigars. They probably have. We probably make them for them. They probably haven't actually read <laughs> the documents. But not, not to mention, and I've said this before, but I don't remember the last time. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's ever happened where I've walked into a cigar shop and on my way in, some kid was hanging out by the door, going, "Hey, man." Will you buy me a handmade cigar, please? Yeah, it's not like liquor. Yeah. You know? Not. Not I mean, it's just Here's not. 20 bucks, give me a six right. pack. Right. Yeah. Here, here's 20 bucks, go get me six cigars. It just yeah. Doesn't, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't fine. work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's 20 bucks, get me a uh, Padron. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> and then you're like, what the fuck? I only got one? Right, exactly. <laughs> fuck this. I'm out. Yeah, where's I'm this out. pack I'm of out. cigarettes? Wait, what if this is a Padron? Yeah. I only got one and I owe you 16 more dollars? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, uh, you guys, um, I-, I hope we'll be successful with that because I would hate to see acid go away. That yeah. would be just We're that'd fighting. be just a terrible We're going to fight time. until we die. That's so. a t- you know, the, be a terrible, the nice thing time. about uh, about Drew Estates with being owned by Swisher, mm-hmm. they are one of the largest premium cigar companies in the world. Right. And so they are, like Jenny Lynn just said, they are fighting tooth and nail. And they've got some lobbying power, yeah. maybe. You know, you know yes. uh, uh, J.D. and Ernesto, two of the founding members of the CRA, Cigar Rights of America, one of the biggest lobbying groups, along with IPCPR. They've both been in it since it was RTDA back 40, 30 years ago, whatever it was. So, you know, none of the big companies, I say none, most of the big companies are going to stand back and just let this happen. Right. You know, they, they know that... Man, this is all focused towards vape. That's where it all started. Right. It's all started with the kids and, you know, that... that vape one. and hookah and all yeah. that. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know, that you've got... I've been in shops where you've got 18-year-old kids walking into a cigar lounge because that cigar lounge started selling Juul. Right. And, and so now they're walking That's in there buying... J-U-U-L, the right. vape company. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a, a monster company that you're not a big fan of mm-hmm. that is a major... Uh, partner with them. Well, uh, the thing about the monster companies is they'll survive this. But what worries me is that the little guys, which is where so much of the innovation is happening, so much of what is driving the good things that are happening at the big companies, because they've got to keep up with the innovation of the smaller guys, um, those little companies are the ones that are going to suffer. And and it's, it's, in the end, like it always is, it's the cigar smoker that suffers. Sure. Less... 
less, uh, less choices, yeah. less choice. All of these things are not good. It's not the American way. So it's, it's amazing to be able to walk into a humidor and find the selection that you have. And it if is. everything the FDA wanted to do, if everybody just backed down and said, yeah, just do it, the humidor would be 10, maybe 12 companies. Right, and I know That's exactly what it would, what it would be. You know? yeah. uh, and I'm not knocking those companies. Those companies do some good things, but they're the ones that would have the infrastructure to be able to yeah, withstand it, it would be like your that. five or six big guys mm-hmm. and the five or six medium guys like us and a few others that have the money to go ahead and, and do what the FDA wants. But right. all the little guys, they, they, they can't afford to do that. Well, they, and you wouldn't get a lot of the competition with innovation and stuff like that. we got to come up with something new so that we are different than everyone else, sure. which makes the bigger mm-hmm. companies go, okay, this is happening, so we have to do something you know, to try and it's keep gonna up all with that. streamline back to back in the like 1920s to the 1980s, 90s yeah, when yeah. the cigar boom hit, where there was just medium to light body cigars everywhere you looked. It's all the same. Everybody's sitting in a tobacco field with a hat on, mm-hmm. calling it blah blah blah. Right. You exactly. know, it's not going to be any innovation. It's not going to be any creativity. It's going to go back to the way it was before that we got before Drew Estate took over. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of innovation. <laughs> You guys got anything new up your sleeve oh, after you dude. after you uh, after you let wow the world with the number one cigar of 2018? Oh, What's do next, we brother? ever? So I've been with Lisette for the last couple of days. She uh, she could not make the event tonight. She had uh, family issue where she couldn't be here. Uh, so she was telling me. So we have a. I understand uh, the captain that was supposed to drive her wasn't available. <laughs> oh, burn, is that, is that burn. burn, Colonel Paddlewheel, burn. <laughs> So we, we actually, uh, we have a 10-year anniversary coming out. We have something really? very, wow. yeah, it's, it's uh, amazing. We that have, should be special. We have an inch limitata that's coming out Oh. that uh, I feel is better than Ringmaster. So I know that puts, I know, yeah, I see both y'all's eyes sparking uh, up. I'm looking at Ian because, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. And, and we have a very new, very special size I cannot release what it is. I'm sworn to secrecy until the show. But a new size, very special, very limited, be less than 5,000 sticks of each of La Historia and Encore. Nice. Very nice. That's pretty so, exciting. So do you keep Encore uh, going? Do of course. You, do you ma- you know, you, there's, there'd be no point in like making it a limited edition thing. And no, Encore, Encore, when it was released in March of last year, it was always meant to be a regular production cigar. Ernesto's actually been working on the cigar for three years. Wow. Um, and he would age. It was all the wrapper. And he found the wrapper he want. Um, it comes from Placentia in Nicaragua. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's a cigar's Nicaraguan Puro. It's a Nicaraguan hybrid Habano grown just for us. So wow. no one else in the world uses that wrapper. Um, we use that wrapper on Encore, and then we use a different priming of the same plant for Ringmaster. Nice. Now, binder filler, a little bit different on the two, but it was always meant to be a regular production. It took him a while to get it ex- aged and, and done the way he wanted. probably have enough of it, too. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and so now it is perfect. Um, it goes on back order for a very short period of time, but we always have one of the sizes or two of the sizes in stock. Mm-hmm. Majestic, of course, because it was the size that got it. It goes on back order for a little while, and then it comes right back off. Right. And it's, it's not the cigar. There, our aging room is filled with Encore. It's getting the boxes built fast. Isn't that funny how it's often that, you know? That's uh, so cigars are in stock and you're just waiting yeah. for packaging. Even. Just waiting for yeah. packaging. That's all it yeah. is. That's something I remember that uh, Stuart from Pura Vida Tequila told me once is that uh, they were going through this time where they couldn't get enough tequila shipped out. Had nothing to do with the tequila. 
It was the bottles. The bottles, right? They were waiting on the bottles to come from the bottle manufacturer. So it it it, it happens. Uh, so what about you? What can you uh, what can you tell us? It's about to drop at IPCPR. Uh, it is twenty years. Acid has been on the market wow. and dropping it like it's hot. Uh oh, I'm, in, I'm <laughs> sensing so some kind of yeah. anniversary. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there hasn't been a new acid. Actually, in a while, no, there's two there? out now, right okay. now. There's one. It is plush and it's of the purple line, Madura okay. wrapper. Um, not as uh, sweet as like the Blue Connecticut, which is the most popular. Mm-hmm. Cuba Cuba is the number one selling cigar actually in America. It's the number one selling skew. Thank you, Lord. Um, and then we also have Croqueta, which is a two and it's a two for one. It's what? one for now, one for later. It comes okay, in a right, tube yeah. and it's a little about four and a half by 52. It's a great stick for like golfers, whatever. If you want to have one now and you want to keep one and it comes in a pretty package, it comes in a tube. But I will say at IPCPR, we're going to release some shit. Yeah. So, I know a lot of times you can't talk about I'm it not until allowed. it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. So. All I'm saying is going to be good. It's 20 years that we've been in business for acid. So and, it's going to be fun gonna, stuff. You know, one of the things about this is uh, I can actually, there's a, there's a few companies out there I can talk about. Mm-hmm. One of them is Drew Estate because Jonathan and, and Ernesto have such a great working relationship. Right. But something else just got released, and I'm sure she knows about it. Uh, I don't know. What is it? You know exactly what it is. So one, or actually two <laughs> of our Texas stores got oh, the 10-year Liga. So, but see, that isn't a release. That's a sweepstakes. Right, so it's, right. it's run completely different, and you have to be actually drawn for that. Right, and so but luckily, luckily, one of the two. best retail. Well, one's in Dallas. Two. So two. I don't know anybody above me. I'm right. just going to talk about my people. But you two know, Bill. Two of my people won. And we love Bill, I and we love Stephen, and we love Emily. Who won? And then I also have Fink Cigar Company, right. who also won. And so they're in yes. San Antonio. Fink so that cigar is a very cigar, a very hard cigar to get a hold of. Yes. And Very so limited. anyone that's watching this, uh, go to San Antonio, go to Fink Cigars, they pick it up. They already got bombarded. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> Both. <laughs> so I imagine Susie moving up my San Antonio trip because uh, uh, they already gone. I'm, I might. I might. That is not for me to decide. Okay. I might know a guy. You got to call the store. <laughs> okay, no, I don't know if they're going to put them out or if they're going to. You know, I have no idea. That's up to them. I, I might know. But a guy. it's a very limited a release. Speaking so. of knowing a guy, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. But. Have we created a monster here? Does this put you ahead of... Uh, Shh, let's uh, not mention his name. Uh, okay. And, and because here, here's... He, reason, will, he who will not be named? He, he who nobody cares about. So <laughs> the reason I don't want to mention his name is hopefully I can uh, uh, bombcast one of y'all's shows when y'all are in studio. Then I'm two episodes ahead. Oh, see, then it'll be harder and he won't So know. who are you all fighting with? So there's a... There's, uh, my business partner, Chris Hart, that is the uh, majority partner of the Houston Whiskey Social. Gotcha. We go on their show regularly, uh, and it goes back and forth on who's been on their show the most. Gotcha. And okay. somehow this became some sort of an honor. Yeah, That's I don't, awesome. I don't really understand it myself. <laughs> I think yeah. it's but, great. But, I think it's uh, good. but it became to them. And we did have a reviewer who let us know, in no uncertain terms, that nobody cares about either one of them. <laughs> so uh, now every time we're on the Aww. show, we're the guys that nobody cares right. about. Yeah. Oh, which, I which care about it, you. I think you're great. awesome. I love you, Jenny Lynn. You're the <laughs> I bestest. You. I think you're so, great. She's my so, bestest hey, good friend. Came on. Uh, so uh, we do apologize for the segment being a little dark, but we are out here in the middle of the bay on a paddle wheel boat. And that's we like way, it dark. That's I, you know, the way it is. I, I would like Brandon to be on for a few minutes. I'm going to put, yes. put this down and go find him and okay. uh, Jerry real quick. And Terrific. I'll give you back your mic. Thank so you guys not so much Thank you very for much uh, being on the show it. and for doing the segment with us. We I'm appreciate so it. wireless now. Oh, see, look, you've, you, your whole countenance has changed. He just jacked my wireless yeah, mic. Yeah, I know. Your now whole countenance dance. has changed. 
All right, so thank you again so thank much. You, Yo, you, 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 you are Bye. welcome to stay, uh, but I know you were trying to get out of here, so I'll, uh, uh, so, so we'll let you roll. Uh, thank you again for being on the show, and thanks for making great cigars. Uh, all right, so uh, it'll take us just a moment here. Um, so I tell you what we'll do. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. You're uh, right listening back. and watching Smoking and Toasting. All right, Jeannie Lynn and Howard, thank you so much. Howard, why did I say Howard? Because oh, Howard Sandler's uh, watching. Howard you're Sandler's looking at the watching stream. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I should say Jeannie Lynn and Alan, who nobody cares about. Uh, thank you guys uh, very much for that segment. Uh, we also have a great segment coming up with uh, Brandon Luna, who's with McAuliffe Cigars. And uh, we asked Brandon because he was the Nat Sherman rep for a while. So we asked him a little bit about you know, what it was like being a rep for the company that took the stand that their uh, that Nat Sherman's parent company took that the cigar regulations the FDA proposed were okay that yeah, they were that for was it awkward uh, that was an awkward thing and so he talks about that in this segment and that's going to be coming up in uh, in a little bit here on the show and I think uh, I found it very interesting hopefully you guys will too all right we'll be right back we have more beers to taste in fact I'm going to go ahead and let this out of the bag I'm really excited about the beer we're tasting in the next segment even though it's going to be tough to top the Carnival that we tasted in the first segment. Because the beer we're tasting in the next segment is called, I Always Felt Closer to IPAs Than I Did to People. As soon as I read that, <laughs> I was like, they're speaking, evil, they're speaking to me, and I must buy this beer. Evil Twin has a way with beer names. They really do. And it's from Evil Twin Brewing. So we'll taste that coming up. Plus, we'll tell you about the uh, seven fine cigars for $7 or less from Cigar Aficionado. We'll be right back. It's smoking and Toasting. Thinking, you know, I don't know how some of these shows make it. Like, not, you know, not Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, we are so glad to have you here for show number 140. And I just wanted to mention, we had a wonderful time uh, on that, uh, the boat trip where the boat didn't sail. We, we, we had a blast, though. <laughs> and, and so I just wanted to mention that the guys at Maduro's, uh, cigar Lounge in League City, Texas. They're, they're great people. They love cigars. They they do great events at the yeah. uh, at the uh, lounge and, and shop. But uh, but this is something really special. They're going to do another one. Uh, so I'm sure you can get on their email list just by calling or emailing them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you might want to come to this if you are in the vicinity because these guys they really throw a nice party. And I'm told that next time. There may be a different captain, and he may actually make it to the boat, and the so, boat may sail. One <laughs> so. of the cool things, like the, I, I love the way that whole party flowed because, mm -hmm. you know, you pull up. First off, I was standing in a parking lot uh, waiting for you guys because they weren't letting uh, anyone on the boat until right at six o'clock. Okay, mm -hmm, so the mm -hmm. gate was closed and nobody's on. So I was just standing in a parking lot, and uh, my wife had some of the little cigars that she keeps in her purse, mm -hmm. and, and so I was smoking that. And um, and then you came up, and the next thing you know, we're all just kind of hanging out in a parking lot, and this. Awesome anticipation of the party. It was almost like uh, tailgating, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, so then as soon as we're let in, it's open bar for an hour. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I can damage a bar in an hour. Oh yeah, and and you did, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I did my darndest. <laughs> but uh, the other thing uh, to mention, I, I don't know where they got the food catered from, 
but that it was barbecue. a damn fine barbecue. That barbecue was it so was the delicious. Chicken was so and, moist. And I've had barbecue from all over mm-hmm. Texas. So I've had great barbecue. I've had plenty of mediocre barbecue. Mm-hmm. This was great barbecue. It was great barbecue. The sauce was so mm-hmm. good. Yep, so good. The sausage the was sauce. outstanding too. Yes, it was. I kept going back for more and more. That it was so good. <laughs> all right, Cigar Aficionado released uh, back on April twenty fifth. A uh, really nice little list of seven great cigars for under seven dollars. Now, I'm not a uh, uh, you know a person that that likes to spend a lot of money on cigars, uh, and uh, and cigar aficionado seems to really let's be honest, they seem to really kind of lean towards the more expensive, the pricier yeah, stuff. Yeah, the pricier stuff. I love lists like this. So though. when they do a list like this, I really like to pay attention mm-hmm. because I know their standards are very high. Uh, and so let's see what they say. Uh, price doesn't factor into the score, they say, although showing uh, uh, that uh, shows that you don't always need to spend big uh, to get a great smoke. So these are cigars that scored really well in their normal testing up against the maybe other more expensive, more expensive cigars. Uh, the first one on their list is the Romeo and Julieta 1875 Nicaragua uh, Bully. It scored 90 points. Uh, retail Didn't I just on it review that one like a couple weeks ago? 6.80. Yes, and I, I have one of these in my humidor. I actually, I used to have two of them in my humidor. <laughs> Smoked one and enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, really good. I think you gave it uh, quite the good review yourself, I did, as I, I recall. Uh, the next one is the 724 Factory. Do, uh, Fifty-seven dog walker. That's a uh, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of different uh, different numbers. In that's the name. one that I had that I meant to review, and yeah. then I just smoked it instead. Uh, it's rolled in Honduras. It uses uh, high priming uh, wrapper grown in Nicaragua's uh, Jalapa Valley uh, binder from Costa Rica, and a three country mix of filler tobaccos, including leaf from Colombia, which is very uncommon in right. the cigar industry. So this is a really different one, and it's. Uh, if you look at the band on this, it's a black band with gold and red on it, and it says 7.20.4, and it says factory along the bottom. Uh, but this is a $6.50 cigar, and they rated it for 90 points, so that's pretty cool. They also rated, and I have to admit, this is not a cigar that I would generally walk into a humidor and buy. The Macanudo Cafe Petite Corona, they rated it 90 points. It's $6.19 suggested retail and it's the classic macanudo you know i uh i always overlook macanudos mm-hmm. I do every too. once in a very long while i have one i go you know what this is there's a reason they're macanudo. it's a connecticut shade wrapper and they say in their review although it skews milder it still offers loads of flavor and that's what you want in the milder connecticut cigars because mm-hmm. the ones that are just kind of Mild flavorless. Bland yeah, it's it's not that uh, not that exciting. Uh, at five dollars and ninety five cents, suggested retail and scoring ninety points. The Alec Bla- Alec Bradley Black Market Those Punk. Yes, it's a short smoke with an inventive name, uh, and it uh, sports some Panama tobacco in its filler, which is another rarity uh, in homemade cigars. It's That's a good cigar with a little bit of Panama. an ugly wrapper on it. Yes, and yes. I'm not it, talking about the 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 uh, the uh, packaging. Right. The, no, wrapper the, the wrapper itself is a little ugly. They like to call it rustic, yes. which is a good way of saying, yeah, not real smooth. It looks and, all and, beat and up. <laughs> not all not all gorgeous. <laughs> I use that word uh, earlier. The Fonseca Nicaragua Petite Corona, a $5.30 cigar. I haven't tried that Scored one. 88 points. Here's what it says. When the cigar debuted in 2016, it marked the first time that may, the mainstay Fonseca brand was rolled in Nicaragua. Uh, rolled entirely with Nicaraguan tobaccos. It features tobacco from Esteli and Ometape with a dark, 
Criollo 98 wrapper from Jalapa. Um, and I got to say, it's a good looking cigar. Uh, a little mottled looking color wise, mm-hmm. but I, I, I kind of like that look. And uh, it's got acid that washed. newer, yeah, almost like an acid wash. Yeah, it's got that newer Fonseca uh, band on it, which is nice. Uh, the Arturo Fuente Petite Corona uh, at four dollars and ninety four cents scored eighty seven points. It is the flagship cigar for our, our Arturo Fuente, just the the mainstream Arturo Fuente brand. Uh, Dominican tobaccos for binder and filler, and covered with a nice uh, uh, dark. Uh, it's Cameroon. hard to go wrong with that. It one. is hard to go. It's hard to go wrong with most Fuente yeah. cigars, really. Uh, and finally, the Oliva Connecticut Reserve Petite Corona. No, hundred percent. Five twenty-eight suggested retail uh, scored eighty-seven points. They say it uses Nicaraguan binder and filler. It's covered in a light Connecticut seed wrapper, grown in Ecuador. And uh, you know, one great thing about Olivas is they they have construction down. Yeah, construction they is really never do. an issue. They really. I don't do. know that I've ever had a bad. Uh, uh, like bad construction issue with any. I, I can't think had. of any that I ever have. And you know, I, I really love their latest line. What is that new line called? The uh, the Oliva. Uh, the Melania. Uh, well, that I love good. the Melania. Yeah, yes, uh, I was thinking of the, uh, the Gilberto Oliva. Oh, the Gilberto. What, yeah, what those I was are thinking. Good. Those line, they're great, and those are also very inexpensive cigars as well. As as now they have pricier Olivas. Uh, but those those Gilberto Olivas are are quite good. I picked up uh, an Oliva Siri uh, V Maduro. Those are good. Those are very good. In a Lancero. In a Lancero. I've never seen one before. I don't know if I've ever had that. Now, yeah, so. it was good. It was good. Nice, nice. Kind of fun. Well, let's put on the uh, the beer cam for a moment. We moved Mr. Twirly gig, uh, so it's a little further for us to reach, but maybe a, maybe a little nicer to see. Uh, I think I and, think uh, it, it frames Mr. Uh, Twirly gig yeah. a little better. And you will see on Mr. Twirly gig right now uh, the beer from Evil Twin Brewing uh, that is called. Uh, let me make sure I get this right because I don't want to mess up the the title's just too good. Uh, it is called, I always felt closer to IPAs than I did to people. It's a double dry hopped IPA, and uh, I think it's time to do some tasting, Ian. I'm, I'm a little thirsty. It says, yes, it's double dry hopped with tons of tasty Galaxy Citrus Simcoe and Falconer's uh, Flight. Better be ready for this close to perfect India Pale Ale at 7.5%. So, so are you saying that they actually put the ingredients of the beer on the, the label? Um that seems a little weird. Well, I wonder if I wonder if Bud Light would ever do that. Like you'd think that some of the bigger companies would catch on to that. Yeah, right? you would think they would catch on to that and and might mention all the ingredients. Actually, I went on to a beer. big beer company rant last week. I think yes, you did. And by the way, it was one of my favorite segments <laughs> on the show in a very long time. <laughs> I loved it. You were you were just on. And I've already talked to several friends about it, and they're like, "Give us, give us that Ian more often." Is what they said. Uh, people, people loved you going off on the on the big beer rant. And and you know, while we're on the subject, let me just say, because something you and I talked about a little on the show last week, and and have talked about extensively off the air, is the whole concept. We were at, we were talking about Carbach, which has been bought by. Uh, AB, as we know, and they uh, as soon as AB came in, they eliminated your favorite beer in the Carbach line, and they took my favorite beer in the Carbach line and put and started putting less grapefruit in it. I still like it, but I don't like it as much as I used to. And I was just saying, of the beers that they've come out with, have they come out with anything outstanding? Because across the street from them, St. Arnold has come out with some outstanding mm, things and keeps do- and, keeps and doing keep it. doing. But have they come out with anything outstanding? So they have a new uh, a new beer that is. The uh, uh, their spiced, like spicy hot beer, 
Oh, I think I read something L- about that. L- L- I'm sorry. I, I should have done my research and looked it up. Uh, my wife bought me one of these when she brought me an assorted six-pack uh-huh. that she does from time to time. Brought it home. It's the worst beer I've ever had. I took two sips and poured the rest down the garbage disposal. Now, wait a second. It's a spicy beer, right? Yes. Okay. So here's what you do next time. Yeah. If you ever end up with a spicy beer like that. Mm-hmm. You can cook your brats in it. Well, maybe that would work. But I'm gonna, I'm here to tell you, I'm not the world's hugest fan of Tabasco. It was like drinking a Tabasco that was a beer. Oh. <laughs> Uh, if that, that makes sense, it so, wasn't. Um, it wasn't no good label. at all. Like, who came up with this? Was it No Label or Buffalo Bayou that did the uh, uh, El he- uh, the uh, Don Jalapeno? And you know, those um, are not my favorite kind of beers. It's not really mine either. I but they're some. not bad. But like, here's, here's what happened. I took a sip. I drank about a third of the glass, and I went, you know, this is not for me. Right. And then I literally put them in a pot and threw some brats and in threw it. Some brats and in it, it made. Badass brats. Well, maybe that would be a reason to buy this uh, new Carbock beer, but I can't think of another. For those of you who don't know how to cook brats, you boil them in this awesome beer first, cook them real good, then you take them out of there and you put them on your grill to finish it and give it that nice crispy thing. Oh, that's what you do. I just want to mention, I like a lot of the people over there at Carbock. I think they've done great work. Come on, guys, impress me. Give me something. Give me a reason to still be excited about what you're doing now that you're owned by AB. Because guess what? I've had some Goose Island since they got acquired by mm-hmm. AB that has been phenomenally good. I've had some Wicked Weed since they've been acquired by AB that's been phenomenally good. I've had some Elysian since they've been, been acquired by AB that's been phenomenally good. Come on, show me something. Show me some love, Carbach. Come on, bring it. it You're from to my me, hometown right here. It you know? seemed to me as well that Carbach was putting out a lot of beers um, at the time too, and then that took a big step back, and now they're well, starting to put out. Yeah, a they've just more. released a whole bunch. So, so, uh, so uh, all right, we'll get to some of that. Some of them have got to be good, right? I mean, <laughs> it's not like they don't know what they're doing over there. So, all right, Ian, we are uh, we are already part way into tasting uh, an IPA called I. Uh, I've always right felt closer to IPAs than, than I, I do, do to people. people. Yes. IPA. Uh, and and it's from Evil Twin Brewing. What say you, my friend? Um, this could easily just be called the dankness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is dank. It is very very dank. But it's also it's it's what I might call dank and delicious. So uh, my first sip of this was a little off putting because mm-hmm. the dank was in a weird spot in the. Uh, on the palate, but I think that might have been a large uh, part due to drinking that Carnival, right? Which had, was a different kind of, dank. which was way, way different, uh, and, and yeah, and a different, a little bit different kind of dank. Uh, after my second or third sip of this, because I will persevere. Yes, you're you're good. Like I'm, that. A, I'm a no beer left behind kind of guy. <laughs> um, I love that. I, I, <laughs> I got some I got some Tabasco beer for you if you are really serious about that commitment. But. <laughs> there might be limits. Anyway. Uh, but it gets better the more you drink. You know how some beers are okay at first, mm-hmm. and then the more you drink, you're like, ah, eh, this actually is quite the opposite. The more you drink it, the more, more you like it. I think it takes a minute for your palate to be adjusted to this, because I think it goes after your palate with a wrench. But it's not bad. It's good. I see. I really like it. Yeah. Like I find it, and and you know, I'll deal with some things that are a little hoppier and a little more resinous than you will in general. 
but I don't find this to be overly hopped. Okay, so this is hoppy. This is hoppy and ridiculous, but this mm-hmm. is not a resinous hoppy. Mm-hmm. This, this mm-hmm. is not that kind of pine cone bittery kind of thing going on. And and like I said, the more I drink this, the more I actually like it. It becomes it becomes a flavor that uh, like after after it's sitting on your palate for a while, it really becomes something you crave a little more of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'd say good job, Evil Twin. Evil is Twin, all yeah, high, yeah, they, high they know quality. what they're doing. Couple of, before we go to break, a couple of comments from the uh, uh, from the feed. Brian, uh, Wiki Brian checks in uh, and lets uh, me know. Thank you very much. Hella Cella is what that beer is. Ah, called, that's right. Uh, from Carbach that I was talking about, uh, and uh, Giordano. Um, uh, De Silva uh, checks in and says, "Much like sours, spicy beers are only good for cooking." Now, I like me some sours. Oh, on I occasion. love sour beers. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I understand that's a, that's an acquired taste for a lot of people. Uh, Geo is a little bit more about porters and stouts, though. Yeah. Speaking of which, by the way, how'd you like some Bale Breaker Brewing Company Dormancy? breakfast stout. That sounds delicious. We'll be tasting Sign that. Sign me up for that. We'll be tasting that in our final segment. Plus, Ian has brought along a whiskey. And we're going to go back to the boat in the next segment. Uh, and we're going to talk to uh, a very interesting guy, Brandon Luna with McAuliffe Cigars. Brandon used to be with uh, Nat Sherman. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to him about exactly what it was like to be there when that company released their, you know, cigar-hating manifesto. That wasn't what it was. Okay, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I went too far with that. It wasn't a cigar-hating manifesto. They just released that they supported the FDA regulation, which is ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, and, and we've taken that stand here on the show, while others took a much uh, more careful approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we but we didn't, and uh, I think you'll be interested to see how Brandon approaches uh, the whole thing. So that's coming up in the next segment. Uh, you're listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. I really more. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Show number 140. We are brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, I just wanted to mention, by the way, B&B has one of, and I realize I'm, I'm kind of talking up our buddy Jeremiah here, but they have one of the most well-curated bars of any major restaurant I think I've ever been in. You, generally, when you go to like a good steakhouse somewhere, they've got a decently curated bar. B&B blows those guys away. So there's there's a couple different styles. Like If you go to somewhere like Reserve 101, which is an absolutely fantastic right. But that's place. not a steakhouse. That's a, no, no, that's not a, at all. That's a but we're just bar. talking about the bar. Right, okay? right. So that's the place you go if you want to try... Any whiskey you've ever read about. I mean, right. they have it, and their wall is ridiculous. It's like mm-hmm. walking into Toys R Us for adults. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's Whiskeys R Us. Mm-hmm. And it, their wall is filled with hundreds, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of whiskeys. Um, when you go to somewhere like B&B, they don't have the room for that, and that's not what they're about. But what they do have is exactly what they need, and I promise, whatever... It's, it's a fairly large bar, though, I will say. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not small, but it's not hundreds of bottles. But it's not, it's not the only thing they are, right? And, right. Uh, 
But what they do there is instead of giving you a selection of every single whiskey you could possibly, this is this is much like the uh, the internet jukebox, right? Right. Where you can have any song you want, or uh, sometimes it's more fun to walk into a place that has their own jukebox. It gives a little more personality, and it has it's just got, right. it's been curated, and right? you yeah. create a playlist out of that. Well, that's a little bit more like what's going on here. I like where, the analogy where you sit down and you go, okay, so this is what they have, and this is their special drinks that they make, and you can make sure that they're they're damn sure they're going to make those right. drinks. What well. I like about ordering something that I've never had before at a place like B&B is that you know it wouldn't be on that menu without a reason. That's right. You that's know? right. It's there. It was chosen to be, let's say you order something that's $12. It was chosen to be the $12 thing. Yes. You know what I mean? And I like that. It, it just makes it feel like... I don't know. Maybe it's a little more purposeful. But yeah. anyway, uh, I digress. We were going to bump very quickly to uh, the uh, interview from the boat with uh, with Mr. Luna, uh, and we'll do that right now. Brandon Luna with McAuliffe Cigars sat down with us uh, on the boat in Galveston, and here's what happened. All right, we're back. We're still on board the uh, paddle wheel boat. and uh, Colonel's paddle wheel in Colonel's Galveston wheel. Bay. Yes, in Galveston Bay. Got a nice little breeze blowing. It's a little dark, but we're talking cigars and smoking cigars, and uh, that's a that's an absolutely awesome thing to do on a really nice sort of breezy summer night like tonight. So it is beautiful uh, out here it's tonight. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I am completely unencumbered by wires. You know, I got up to use the restroom and I come back and people keep jacking my wireless. It's just <laughs> this is unacceptable. This is what it feels like, Ian. To sit and look at someone using the wireless every week. Oh, it makes me someone hate myself. Someone who never says things like, would you like to use the wireless this week? <laughs> See, I'm wired. I can't dance now. I know. And that's... Uh, like, that's I'm, I'm tethered. That's hurting, that's hurting the show. Yeah, that is. But, that's hurting the show. But if you wanted to, you could whip his ass with it. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Our guest from McAuliffe Cigars is uh, a bit of a legend in the uh, world of... Texas cigar reps. Wow, right? I'll take that. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. My name is Brandon Luna. I'm the uh, rep for McAuliffe Cigars here in the Texas area, as well as Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, and uh, Louisiana. I've uh, been in the cigar industry about six years. Uh, started as a broker originally. Um, how I even got into that was that I was doing a cigar review podcast. I was one of those nerds in his backyard reviewing cigars on YouTube for Wait, a year. Aren't we nerds? I think we are. And then uh, I had a podcast called the Calypso Cigar Review for about four years. And I was finishing up a podcast one day and I was uh, bitching about my job. Can we cuss on the show? Yes. yes okay. Bitching about my job and I was with Todd Vance. And you guys probably know Todd Vance. Yes. Previously with Cornelius and Anthony. He said, dude, I can get you in the cigar industry like that. You got personality. You got knowledge. Any day you want to get in the cigar industry, let me know. I'm like, all right, we'll start looking for me. Two weeks later, I'm getting phone calls. I'm brokering for a couple of brands. Went to my first IPCPR show as the podcaster that was also working for two brands. Had a blast. My favorite show ever because I got to jerk off a lot and not do a lot of work, but it was a blast. <laughs> and then uh, the following year, I'm with PDR Cigars, and then eventually with Nat Sherman, and now I'm with McAuliffe. So, um, and uh, McAuliffe, this is new, right? You this is a new brand, joined. yeah. new brand, uh, about three years old. Uh, I'm new with the brand. I've been with the brand for about a month now. Uh, I was brought on by Trey Andrews, who's a longtime friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends for about six years since I started in the cigar industry. We both came in at the same time. And um, lifelong friendship with this guy. I mean, that's one thing about the cigar industry, and you guys know this. Um, I told my wife this, and it's a true story. I've never worked a job where I felt like I was going to leave that job and have lifelong friends. You do not leave the cigar industry. The cigar industry is in your blood. Yeah, you work it, it for life, you. and you know people for life. And these are family. I think that's something. To, I think it has something to do with the passion that people have 
for cigars. Absolutely. And the type well, of people that want to be involved in that and then how those people interact think, with each I other. I think because cigars, when you're in the cigar culture, they call it the culture instead of the cigar industry. The right. cigar industry is where you work, but you work in the cigar culture. And it's amazing that like when we talk to the different reps, from everyone knows each other, loves each other, loves to hang out with each other. There's there's friendly competition. Except for that Alan Denny guy. That guy. Right. That yeah. guy is kind of a jagger. <laughs> but yeah. we love Alan. But uh, but it's it's funny because all the reps like if you meet one, then the next thing you know he's introducing you to other people and it, like right. so we're new to the industry, uh, just with this show and we've gotten to meet so many great people and everybody's right, like right, oh, right. and I want you to meet this guy from this company and this guy is absolutely fantastic how the family works well, and you guys and you guys know this from the standpoint of doing a podcast. Uh, if you did a podcast about anything else, say if I did a rock and roll podcast, chances of me talking to Mick Jagger are slim to none, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It's just not going to happen unless right. I'm Joe Rogan. But you do a cigar review podcast a year later down the road, you're talking to Jorge Padron. You're talking to right. guys that are titans in the industry. Yes, right. Guys Absolutely. that you would never meet otherwise and get Absolutely. to talk to. And you have relationships with these guys. And yeah. they are sitting down and enjoying talking to you because they're talking about something That's that they're passionate absolutely about. passionate yeah. about. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. all about the culture. That absolutely is. I remember, I've told this on, on the show before, uh, when Ian and I uh, met, I met him through my wife. We'd known Ian for years. And, you know, she's uh, uh, when we first... Started going out. She's like, oh, I should introduce you to this person, this person. When she tells me about Ian, she goes, oh, you'll like him. He smokes cigars. I'm like, done. I mean, the, the, that's it. Right. That's all you need. I right? knew we would have something right. to talk about. Right. right. Absolutely. And, and that's, absolutely. The way it, that's the way it absolutely works. So you walk into uh, McAuliffe. It's a, it's a fairly new brand. Right. Um, what's it like? Is it is it kind of overwhelming? Because now you're, you're learning a whole new line. You're... Establishing new favorites. What's right, the right. what's the process like when you first get started? So I've always been a brand builder. When I started in this industry, I've never had the the easy brand. Right. I've always had brands that necessarily weren't big in my territory, and I had to build those brands. And I think I've really grown to love that because you establish a lot of relationships with retailers as well as other manufacturers and reps, and that's necessary to to grow those brands. You establish relationships with the consumers as well. Um, so going from PDR to Nat Sherman, which is a huge brand in the East Coast, but right. not necessarily the biggest brand in Texas, to having to build that brand and build those relationships and then carry that over to McAuliffe, it really wasn't that hard. The hardest part of the job is learning all the names of the cigars, learning the sizes, and learning the prices. Right, right. That's really the minutia of product, it, right? Yeah. But the job is still the job. It's just a, I'm selling a different cigar. And you know, quite, I'm working with a great brand that's a Texas-based brand. That's been in the industry for about three years and has a crap ton of accolades already. Right. So that's an exciting place to be. You know, I'm with a younger brand. I get to build it from the ground up, and I'm super excited about that. Well, we got here to this uh, uh, event here, sponsored by Maduro Cigar Lounge, and uh, at the beginning of it, we had a swag bag. And one of the, the first cigar I pulled out and said I'm going to smoke this was the Modafina mm -hmm. from your company. Tell me about that cigar. Tell me what uh, what's going on. It was a great cigar. I enjoyed it, even right. in the windy upstairs here uh it was actually it burned great the whole yeah it was great cigar tell right. me what tell me about it what was so I that's part of our grande bold line we started with the legacy line a couple years back and that's the line that most people know like the leyenda the you know a lot of the mm -hmm. higher premium stuff right, right. uh the reserva provider reserva which was rated really highly um but then we started the grande bold line is more of an intro line to uh introduce really strong cigars to our brand um because texas let's be honest 
they like strong cigars. Texans right? like big cigars. They love big yeah. cigars. They love strong cigars. That's and that was what they a love. big ring gauge too. Was that a yeah? It was a, it was a, it was a six by yes. yeah, six by sixty. Yeah. Six by sixty. There you so, go. So um, so we do. We wanted to have something to really kind of capture that market here and build out. Because right. um, that market's just not Texas. It's also Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri. It's an American thing. We love strong cigars. We like big sure. cigars. So that was our attempt to do that. The Modafina is a blend that I think is really tasty. It reminds me a lot of the, um, and you can smoke cigars for a long time, so I'm sure you know, like the original CAO Brasilia. Yeah, yes, has, the original, has, the original right. big ring gauge Brasilia. Right, yes. yeah. It, it tastes a lot like that to me. So okay. I think the blend's probably pretty similar to that. Um, you get a really nice woodsiness from that Modafini. You get some spice. It's delicious. I'd say it's probably medium plus. I wouldn't go that it's full bodied, um, but it's it's one of the ones in our line that's in that medium plus mm-hmm. range. No, to make a, a cigar in that ring gauge and it still be that powerful is right. is, is quite an experience. Too. Yeah, and you got to add. You know, you got it's it's how you lay the leaves. It's how right. much lajero you put in there. It's a lot of things that come into play on that. So, and that's all taken care of by the Gomez Sanchez family. So, and and it uh, it's not necessarily cheap. To build a, uh, a big ring gauge cigar with a lot of the hair of tobacco in it. Right, right. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's not. That's, yeah. When but, you're. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to completely change to a different question. So Go if, for yeah. it. Go for it. I, I was just going to say when you're doing what you're doing, you're coming in, you're with a, a new company, a company that maybe doesn't have the inroads at retail right. of some of the bigger brands. What is it that you have to do in order to secure some shelf space is it is it relationships is it getting the guys at those stores that are making those decisions to actually smoke the cigars and like them is it reassuring them what your push is going to be externally so people will know it and have heard of it right what, right what are the most important parts of that process it's the most important part of that is the relationship you want to have relationships with the establishments that you're trying to you know have have them procure the product from you um, you have to have that relationship. If you've got that, and I did have that previous with most of these people in the territory, mm-hmm. um, the rest of it's kind of easy. At that point, yes, you have to sit with them, have them smoke the cigar. Um, a bigger portion of that that I think is important uh, that a lot of people don't think about is you really have to smoke with the consumer as well. You have to sit down with them, talk about the brand, let them know that it's you know that it's real, that there's people actually working it, that this yes. is something that's in Weatherford, Texas, right. and introduce them to the line and really kind of expand that. And as you know, people in the shops, those people are going to support the product because they like you. And that's how it grows organically. And I think that's right. in this type of brand that's small, new, starting off, it's very important to grow organically. And we do something that's a little unique in the industry. We do the ambassador program. Uh, what that is, basically, is you go online to the McAuliffe site. You say you want to become an ambassador. You get an actual certificate of authenticity. You get a coin in the mail that has a number. So it's like one of those military challenge coins, and you are part of the McAuliffe Ambassador Program. That's actually really cool. At that point, you get access to the Facebook group, so you get exclusive news about McAuliffe and stuff that's going on. Um, you're getting you know, in details about new product that's coming to the shelf that isn't going to be out there, where the events are so you can go with other McAuliffe Ambassadors and be present. And it's working great because it's driving people to where those events are right. to support the brand. So they support the brand. And, and they, they really find are. Out where the brand's available, right. too. And they're yeah. part right. of something because I've been to several events already, and these guys are comparing coins. Uh, some of the coins are different. They've got different numbers. It becomes a... A little bit of a dick measuring contest who has the lowest number, that type of thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna and give you, I'm gonna give you an idea for free. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can use this and just, you know, one day send me a cigar as a thank you. For the people who are your ambassadors, mm. secret decoder ring. Yes. It'll be huge. Absolutely. It'll be huge. It'll be huge. I, I, yeah. I, will, I, I would want to, to be an ambassador immediately to Drink get the secret to more Malta. Ring. What? <laughs> yeah, buy, yeah. <laughs> buy more Malta meal. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a uh, it's a really amazing thing to me to see in this era of uh, the cigar business, what's happening right now, mm. where we're seeing kind of like strong and steady growth, not like boom time, but just this very yeah. strong and steady growth. But it really feels to me, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but feels to me like it's being fueled by the smaller companies, by the innovation that's happening at the smaller companies. Now, maybe right. that trickles up, if you will, to right. the big guys, because the big guys have to go, wow, we got to stay relevant. We got to, yeah. uh, I mean, look at look at how the blends have changed at Romeo and Julieta, for example, right. over the last two to three years. That's in response to what's happening in the industry. Exactly. As people are learning from some of the smaller and more boutique brands, right. they're like, we can't just do the same thing we've been doing. We need to produce cigars that are going to appeal to the people who are loving those things. And right. it just feels like a very exciting time uh, for the industry as a whole right now right. because of the innovations that, that are happening from companies like yours. Right, yeah. I, I, and I think it's huge and important. Now, obviously, the elephant in the room, we won't go back down the rabbit hole on the regulation and, and the Nat Sherman thing. But right. I will say this. The, the regulation at its core feels like it's going to harm some of that. Because I, yeah, it's going totally to be agree. the small guys. You know, the They're Nat really, Shermans yeah, the of the really world will survive. They're part of a much bigger company that has fingers in a lot of other, uh, in a lot of other pies. But the, uh, the guys that are doing some of this innovation, I think, are the ones that would be hurt the most. I just hate to see it happen. Also... Excuse me, I hate to see it be harder for companies to put new blends out because of that process becoming much more complicated. Right. And uh, we and that's the thing is it's really uh it's kind of hard to tell right now because we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't right. know what the end game is going to be. That's correct. You know, the script hasn't been written. We don't know if uh, Iron Man's going to snap his fingers and save the day. We have no idea. Um but I think all of us cohesively doing something to try and affect that change is important. And I'm going to say this as a truth. Um, back when this whole thing started and they were pushing to have us sign that thing for the FDA. Remember back way when? Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is like, what, two, three years ago? Yes. Where they were trying to get people to go sign this document. Oh, you got to sign this document so you can save cigars. It was really difficult. Even me going in cigar shops telling guys, you know, you got to sign this. 90% of them had no freaking idea what it was, right. what they were supposed to do. And then the other 90, the other 50% that knew, their, their idea of it was, well, it's not going to happen anyway. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. You know, so I think that we don't, we're not as proactive as a society, as a cigar culture, that we need to be. I think we really need to be a lot more proactive, read Half Wheel Daily, read Cigar Coop Daily, read those, those news forums yeah. that are just for us, because you're not going to see this on CNN, people. And it's not going to be important enough. That's right. And support organizations like Cigar Rights of America. These yeah, guys are doing exactly. great work. Mm -hmm. They're being very educational about it. They're approaching mm -hmm. it in the right way. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a good and, and very healthy thing. And I, you know, listen, it's so wonderful to be able to walk into the humidors that we're lucky enough to get to walk into in a city like and the one where the, we live the kind and of see selection. the diversity and, oh and, and spend, I say this all the time, when I shop for shoes, I'm like, where's the first pair I can feel good about and I'm out of here. When right. I shop for cigars, it's like, it's, it's, a right. it's an adult, it's an adult candy store. I mean, really, yeah, it's like it you know, really that's really what it is. You want to try everything at least once. When I worked in cigar shops, that was always my goal. I'd work for a day and say, I haven't had this, I'm having it. I haven't had this, I'm mm -hmm. having it. I haven't had this, I'm having it. And it just helps you grow. And I think that's important for consumers to know that. If you if you're stuck on one cigar, listen to your tobacconist. Listen to what he says about what you like about that cigar and find something new to try because there's so much out there that you're missing out on. Is the Montefino your newest? 
It's one of our newest, yeah. Part what of that Grande Bold line all came out at the same time. The Modafina, okay. the Lajero, the Sumatra, the Maduro, the Nicaraguan all came out at the same time. And Props to Trey for the training. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, anything else new that you want to talk about or that's coming? I know a lot of times you're not supposed to talk about what's coming at IBCPR for another, what, That's just a, that's just yeah, a month, month away. Month month away month yeah, away. yeah but, so uh, I'll tell you about our new cigar. About? It's called the Beep. <laughs> and it's coming out in several different sizes, including Beep and Beep. And it's going to run for about a retail cost of Beep. So, yeah. And and the flavor profile is going to be Oh, just the flavor profile is going to be total. awesome. It's going to be like God's Beep. And it's going to taste like Angel's Beep. <laughs> it's going to be I awesome. Love it. I love it. That's exactly what I'm looking <laughs> for right. in a cigar. That's, there's you your inside it. scoop right there. Yeah. <laughs> only, actually, only what, on the thing is, we told Fred that we would actually blurb everything without a, and say Maduro instead of beep. Every third oh, yeah. word was supposed <laughs> to be Maduro's, Maduro's. And I, Maduro's, was <laughs> yeah. talking Maduro's about <laughs> <Yeah>. Maduro. <laughs> this, this event is brought to you by Maduro's uh, Cigar Lounge from, is it? Uh, 2800 Le- Marina Bay Drive, League City, Texas. League City, that's right. 77573. There you have it. <laughs> We're on a boat, mother beep, on a boat. <laughs> now, Alan, I just want to point out, since you were on the last segment and come back, these segments are go- both going to air on the same show. So this awesome. doesn't count as two two appearances. I don't know if you noticed this, Alan, but I got up for a minute, left my bench for a second, <laughs> and I got Alan Dennied with my mic again. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> I got Alan Dennied. Oh, uh, well. You never a- should. You should have just bought something with a cord, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You know what you could do is you could attach a cord to this, even though you don't need one. That way, I wouldn't be so jealous and tend, tend, tend <laughs> just to have, it. Just have it trailing just to the floor. Cord, right. Just have a fake cord. I was well, thinking of something else you could put on it. He'd keep it he wouldn't touch it then. <laughs> well, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, spending a few moments with us here. Congratulations on your new uh, assignment. I think, uh, I think you guys are doing great work. Thank I you, sir. can't Thank you, wait sir. to smoke the Montefina. Mine's still in the bag. So I bought a box of the uh, Leandas, so oh, I can't wait you? to try okay. that. Good. It's I, delicious. I, You're going to love it. You'll get one, I promise. Something in my humidor I can uh, You'll get sneak one, your way to Cruz, what did you buy a box of down there? I haven't, I haven't gone shopping yet. My shop Well, you know, the EP there. Carrillo table is right downstairs. I, I do know where it's located, and you guys had some pretty cool-looking swag, too. We've got – so I will say this is really funny for me – our company has always gone on the brand and never been big on swag. And we've realized that you just can't do that in this industry. Brandon will tell you, you, we right. can't, you can't be a cigar company and not have swag. Everybody wants a T-shirt, a hat, a lighter, right. a cutter. Yeah. And so Something. our new COO, Salim, um, who was instrumental in making sure we had some great stuff, this is the first time that I've been at a multi-vendor event, and I've had more swag on the table than Drew Estate or Rocky Patel. Wow. <laughs> wow. There you go. Because those guys wow. are the swag kings. They, you know they, they, oh, you know, they yeah. know what some, they're doing. There are some companies out there, I'm not going to mention names, but they go overboard. Like, yeah. you know, you buy one cigar, get five free. Buy two, get yeah. ten. Or, you know. or, or they have, like, three cigars in their line, but they have seven different ashtrays. Right. You know? right. Yeah. Yeah. Or fidget spinners. Or fidget spinners. That's uh, another oh, thing. Oh, we well, never did bring that we up. We haven't no, talked no, about that's, it yet. That's Is there an actual – there was a fidget spinner that was – Yeah. No, yeah, that's got to be wrong. It's, it's, it's was wrong. it real? Uh, let's wrong. say it comes from Honduras. He sold his company to Davidoff. Now he has a new company. His brother is doing great in the industry, and their dad's one of the greatest blenders in the world. I'm not going to mention. Spinner. I'm not going to mention his name. It's a. It's a punch. It's a punch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With blades. It is, it is a punch. So, uh, so that's a whole other show. That's yeah. That's an episode but, we'll have oh, to. I do. just remembered. Actually, I did buy something downstairs. I, I think I got a whole box of Nat Sherman. If I'm not mistaken. I bet you. I'm going to punch you in the wiener. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, we know that isn't true. So. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, guys, thank you so much. Alan, thanks for inviting us to be a part of this event. And this we, has been a lot know, of fun. I, I, the I food say, was exceptional, by um, the way. You know, I can remember way back when, when uh, your lovely wife invited me on the show. Way back. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, she invited me like the second time. First time we met at uh, uh, We met at Whiskey's yeah, in the, the World. world. Yes. So y'all had me on when I was still the manager at the, the shop that I used yep, to work yeah. at. Mm-hmm. And then y'all have had me on. And, y- and y'all become friends. Y'all aren't. Uh, it's not like. Oh, y'all are some news guys, and I show up every night. Y'all become friends. You know, it's nice to be able to to hang out with y'all when we're when it's not just the show. So That's right. I love being on here. I love you guys. Yeah, even become friends with y'all's wives. You know, so yeah. it's an, and uh, you know maybe if you got a a, a new son-in-law, that might might well uh, you, you know, know. Uh, it's 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 hard to get a producer <laughs> for the show. Yeah. I bet Adam awesome. works a lot cheaper than others. <laughs> So far, I think he works mostly for cigars and whiskey. So, uh, <laughs> wow, no, That's a great uh, producer. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he does get his share though. That we make sure of that. So, uh, anyway, guys, thank you very much. And thanks again for the invite. And we're uh, always down to help support anything you got going on. Absolutely. Seriously. Congratulations again, and thank uh, you, sir. Thank you, sir. welcome awesome. on the show. And uh, and you and, guys, and, have and a- Cruz, I hate you for being wireless right now. Here, let me just officially. I'm going to hand it back to you. Did it hurt your feelings? But, when I, but, I had it the first segment. Cruz had it most of the But the segment's second. over. So thanks for uh, watching this segment of Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. Aww. <laughs> it's whiskey and breakfast out when we come back for our final segment. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 140, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 120. And we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Also by B.B. Lemon on Washington Ave and a brand new location opening soon where Pax Americana used to be in Houston, if you were familiar with that. So yes, bacon, bacon, bacon. Uh, So there is a new bill which has been introduced uh, on the federal level that seeks to raise the the nationwide minimum age to purchase tobacco products uh, from 18 to 21 years old. It is a bipartisan bill. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have no problem with it. I have no issue with tobacco, much like um, alcohol, being a 21 and over uh, purchase uh, thing. Uh, what I have a problem with is uh, premium cigars being put to the same sort of uh, scrutiny and regulation that cigarettes and e-cigarettes and vapes and stuff are, because premium cigars are not targeted to people under 21 anyway. The people under 21 are not buying premium cigars, which we've established, which research has established, and which anyone with half a brain can figure out. Um, so I really have no problem with this, but it but it is some important news. Should we just in the world of of, uh, of regulation? Should for we tobacco. just change uh, the the age of legal adulthood to twenty one? I believe we should because yes. at I eighteen you are allowed to make life choices like I can. Uh, let's see. Join the military right. and fight. And I can fight for put my, my country. Life right. on the line. I I totally agree. Um, by the way, uh, you can vote for your country. You mm-hmm. can uh, you take part in that whole system. Um, 
but if I would if you can't make this if yeah. you can't make life choices at 18 like should I smoke cigarettes or should I smoke cigars or should I vape or should I ha- should I drink alcohol then why would you be expected to make life choices at 18 like oh should I join the military and die for my country and die for my yeah. country if that I, happens I, you know? Ian, I couldn't and agree I'm more. not this is not a uh, I'm from a military family I'm way for the military but but I will say that I think that this whole the the whole age thing is a little ridiculous if they think that raising that is going to solve this problem it's not well I agree with you uh but I mean at the same it's time it's not going to affect me it's not going to. It's not going to affect me. I, I might feel differently about this if I was 19 years old. But I, I will say to you this: I was, when I was 18 years old, and therefore at that particular time in the state of Texas, legal to drink alcohol and purchase alcohol. Um, I, I, you know, it was what it was. After I turned 21, the alcohol age limit changed to 21. So I didn't miss out on being able uh, to do it when I was at 18 and 19. But I remember thinking that had it been that way at the time, I, you know, that would have been frustrating to me. That said, we do need to be consistent here, which is what you're saying, because all of the people who are proposing this, um, this you know, raising of the age limit are saying that it's being done to protect still developing minds and bodies of – 18 and 19 year olds uh, that are not fully adult yet. If, if we're protecting them from tobacco, I think we might want to protect them from sniper fire in the field of duty as well. Well, all I'm saying is if you expect someone at the age of 18 to make those life choices, like who's going to lead my country, like who are my local representatives going to be, like what is my next career path or what is my first career path? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with this? You know, if you expect people to be able to make those kind of decisions as an adult, but you're not allowed to think about smoking or drinking. I just think I uh, just think that's a, it, there's a silly separation there that again, I think the government has information that they're using improperly. By the way, I don't think you should you be know? allowed to get married. Is- at that age, either. Yeah, is an because you're making old, a decision you're not old enough to make. Well, the question is this: Is an 18 year old a kid? You know, now I'm in my 40s. An 18 year old to me is a kid. But I yeah. remember when I was 18, I didn't think you didn't I was feel a kid. Like you were I a felt kid. all grown up. No, right? I get it. I get it. But but the question is: Do we give that 18 year old? Oh, I don't know. Some things that they can do here. Now you can wash dishes and take out the garbage. I don't know. I mean, like, what what is the nanny state doing here? And they're saying that this the smoking issue is because we don't want minors to smoke. Well, we don't want minors to smoke, so we take the age away from 18 year olds that are allowed to make all their other life choices Ian, besides those two things. And I'm with you on this. Like, I just think so we need ridiculous. to get I just think we need to get consistent on one side or the other. Either it's 21 and nobody can be uh, can be pulled into military service or get married or do any of the other things that you that have to be do. an adult to do until you're 21 or it needs to be 18 one way or the other. I mean, it just needs to make sense. The problem is that the people who pass laws in this country it isn't about what the laws are, how good they are. It's about how they look to their constituents. So nobody, it's, it's why there's so many taxes on cigarettes, by the way. I'm not saying cigarettes aren't bad for you. But, boy, if you're a congressman, if you're Congressman Ian Barry, and you pass a, uh, a bill that raises your constituents' 
tax that they have to pay on the money that they make at their job. They are going to really be mad at you, and you're probably not going to be reelected. No, but you can raise it on smokers. If you raise it on smokers, yeah, yeah, nobody's going to. It's it's you know why? I mean, they're they're they banned tobacco sales altogether in Beverly Hills, California this week. The only thing exempted are cigar lounges. Thank God for that. Uh, but the uh, but you cannot go into a grocery store or a convenience store and buy a pack of cigarettes. Now, I don't smoke cigarettes, so that doesn't impact me. But really, yeah. If if a substance now is legal, as a full twenty one year old adult, you right. no longer have that yeah, choice. Guess what? Yeah, that's no longer your choice in the city of Beverly Hills, right? Because you are not responsible enough. I, I to make that choice to buy or not buy that product. And I now. think you're going to see this trend continue. And it's going to have bad implications for cigar smokers as well. Uh, plus, hey, you know, if people choose to smoke cigarettes and they're an adult, that's their choice. Absolutely. Just because I don't do it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be allowed to do it. Yeah, if yeah. you're a responsible adult making, hey, listen, I eat cheeseburgers. That's probably not good for you either. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. When you're 18 years old, you can get a job on an oil well. Right. That's not exactly healthy. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And kudos to people who do it. But, I mean, at that point in time, you're making choices. I, I just don't understand, like, the government, this nanny state idea where the government has to choose for you or says, you can choose this, but you can't choose that. You can, I just think, yeah. I just think, like, what is the government looking for? If you don't want kids to smoke, make it tougher for kids to smoke. Don't change the smoking age for people who can smoke. But, you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I have no, I have no problem with the idea of changing it. I just think that. We're going to have to be consistent, just like you're saying. I mean, do they have police out there giving tickets to minors smoking? Yeah, who knows? That's the thing. Because they're not going to spend that kind of time and expenditure to have police officers policing kids. Hey, young man, to up against the wall. Smoking, right? I see that would that be cigarette. silly. I see you with can, that cigarette up against the wall. But we can change the law, which, by the way, if someone is 16 years old and smoking something, do you think changing the law to 21 stops that kid from smoking? Yeah. Like, how does that even work? That doesn't even make it doesn't sense. Work. I'm sorry. It doesn't Go work. ahead. But you know what? Anytime we get into a discussion like this, I think it is always a bad idea to have that discussion without whiskey. So, would you mind uh, doing the honors? Uh, whiskey. Whiskey. Yes. Uh, we have uh, some whiskey. Ian brought this in, and we're both big fans of the beer. So let's see how. So the this is, is Rogue Dead Guy uh, yes. whiskey, and I love. <laughs> I love their logo, the little dead guy sitting on the uh, Yes, th- it's barrel. a great logo. And this is one of those interesting uh, – so it, the this bottle is capped like a bottle of beer. Yes, it is. But it comes with a resealable like cap, which is which is Like interesting. on a Grosch bottle. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Absolutely. Or, or a bottle of olive oil. So we're about to pop this open. Um, a, a couple things about this. It says ocean aged in oak barrels for at least one year. Ocean so aging. That means they put it on a boat, right? Yes, they put it in a barrel and then they put it on a so boat. So it's perfect for the theme of the show. That's right. Yeah. And uh, the reason they do that is if you put it on a boat, it gets agitated, just the motion right, of the, the sea. Right, the rocking of the uh, motion of the sea uh, moves the whiskey around in the barrels in such a way that it uh, impacts the aging and the flavor of the whiskey. So. Right, so it's kind of a way that you can <laughs> make your whiskey, and I'm going to use great big air quotes on this, you can age it a little faster. You get a little more flavor for a shorter period of time. That's because a good way to put it, yeah. Much like, uh, much like spaghetti sauce, you got to mix it. 
You know, get those flavors mixed in. So Rogue Dead Guy Ale, which is delicious, by the way. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. It is one of the stronger ales I can think of. It is a big, full-bodied, in-your-face flavor bomb ale. It'll be interesting to see um, how this stacks up because this is their whiskey. So uh, will it be a big in-your-face flavor bomb? It's it's not it, uh, it's not overproof. No, it's right at forty percent, and it doesn't smell like like right on the nose. It smells nice. It smells pleasant. Um, it smells like tea leaves a little bit. And, yes. And um, what else am I getting in there? Uh, like a little cinnamon and a little bit of a little bit of honey. Yeah, I can go for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It smells delicate. It smells a lot lighter than what I'm anticipating and having having taken a taste i can tell you that that will carry on to your thinking about the actual taste of this i'm going to tell you i think this is absolutely delicious but you said a word that describes it perfectly for a whiskey it's very delicate i agree um (coughs) if you're going to pair this with a cigar you need something on the very much lighter side Mm -hmm. of the cigar you need a I think uh, about that champagne from Podoma. Yeah, the champagne mm-hmm. from Podoma would probably go well with this. The Reserva Real or um, or the Hemingway mm-hmm. series. Or the Connecticut from... Uh, or um, that Aladino Connecticut. Aladino, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so delicate. And it, has, it has a little apple in it almost. It really does. And what's um, interesting, to answer the question... kind of yum. Yes. To answer the question that I posed uh, initially, this is not a big in-your-face... Uh, whiskey, the way that Rogue Dead Guy Ale is a big in-your-face ale. Uh, I would think that this would be a whiskey, and um, I, I don't know if he's watching the show. Maybe he'll pipe in, but uh, I would think this this would be a whiskey that the Chris Hart type guys, uh, who are really fond of the big overproofed things, would not like so much. But I will tell you that it is delicious. It's just if you're looking for that big whiskey vibe, that big you know. Uh, kind of bold and in your face. That's not what this is. This is much, I keep going back to your wordy, and delicate. It's much more delicate. Two row, mm-hmm. Mayor Munich, C15, and Rogue Farms Dare and Risk malts, distiller's yeast, and free range coastal water. It just says seven ingredients. Mm. That's what it says right there. And one of those ingredients, oddly enough, is um, yeast. <laughs> yeast, always important. Pretty amazing, yeah. huh? Yeah, always important. Uh, Dead Guy Whiskey is distilled from the sweet wart of Rhodes, Rhodes winning, uh, award-winning Dead Guy Ale. Now, wart, W-O-R-T, is the mm-hmm. product you have after you've um, after you've uh, heated up your uh, malt mm-hmm. and extracted all the sugars, and then you uh, sparge that malt, and you have this um, wart left, which is... Pre-beer, basically. It's beer before you've tossed in the yeast right. uh, to ferment it. So it's very sweet because uh, because it has all those sugars in there that the yeast will then turn into alcohol. So this right. is before you've done that process. That's what wort is. Uh, distiller's yeast is added, and the sweet wort is fermented for seven days, then double distilled in a 500-gallon copper whiskey still and aged uh, ocean-aged in oak barrels. So I got to tell you I like the aftertaste on this a lot. The oak, uh, the oak aftertaste on this is quite delicious. It has a younger oak aftertaste to it. Let's put that bottle back on Mr. Whirligig. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if we got a good shot of it from uh, from and see and I don't know if Mr. Whirligig being further over like that works cuz then you have to we'll scoot. see. It looks good over there though. It does look good. Yes. Uh, we may have to play with that a little bit. <laughs> I really like it. It needs uh, a disco ball more than it needs anything I, else. I dig this. Ian. I, I think this is quite good, but 
it's it's just completely different from some of the great. I mean, we've had some great whiskeys on the show of late, and they've all been bigger and bolder than what this is. This is. I don't know, it's just a little lighter, but well, it's delicious. While I tend to like great big bold whiskeys in general, I don't have a problem appreciating something a little more delicate and a little nice. I will say, by um, the way, a lot of the single malts are more delicate. Yeah, so you this, know? this would be more along like like the Glen Morangy uh, 10-year-old. Right. Um, this is more along that line of it's delicate, it's light, it's refreshing. This has such a nice little sweet malt right up front and then some um some fruitiness and then that like and by fruity it's like I get apple out of this. It's it's definitely really does. and it's definitely not tonight the night tonight's the night you fight your dad type stuff. No, no. You this know? is sit down and really there's a little banana in there too. This is sit down and really enjoy mm-hmm. the flavors going on here. This is something you, you share with maybe even a cube of ice or a splash of water to open it up. Agreed. Because I'm willing to bet that you'll get even more interesting flavors doing that. Um I'm, I'm, you know, this is a forty-five dollar bottle. Um, I think worth it. I yeah. think, I think it's on par. I think they're putting out a good product. I think the packaging is cool. I love their logo anyway. I love their beer. Love and it. I, yep, love I, it. I went to, uh, I went to the beer section to see if they had any of the Rogue Guy, uh, Dead Guy Ale, and they didn't have it. They had all the other Rogue flavors, and they didn't have the Dead Guy Ale because I kind of wanted to see how it pairs. You know, but you that'll can, be a you can get story. Dead Guy in Bombers as well. Yes, uh, as well as the six yes. packs, and yes. uh, that's just and you used to. I haven't beer. seen it in uh, a few years, but you used to be able to buy a half gallon of it in a Ooh. jug. Oh yes, I know what you're talking I about. Love I love that because I'm like, I'm just having while. one beer tonight, honey. That's totally worth it. It's, <laughs> it's totally worth it. And there you have it. Wow! And that was made without uh, any use of uh, of synthesizers, just like the old Queen albums. Remember that? That's no right. synthesizers were used in the making of this uh, of this album. I just opened a can of uh, what I'm um, I'm very very curious about. It's labeled dark ale on one side of the can. On the other side of the can, it calls itself a breakfast stout. It is from Bale Breaker Brewing Company. It is a Breakfast out with coffee, and it is 6.8, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, Ian, 6.8% alcohol by volume. So this should be interesting. You know, usually on the show, we kind of start with the smallest beer, then maybe go to something that's medium-sized uh, uh, on the uh, on the middle beer, and then the last beer will be, you know, maybe from a bomber or something. This time we went the opposite direction. That's right. This time was in a big bomber. Then we had a tall can in the middle. And now this is just in a regular 12-ounce can. Uh, but the dormancy, it says, conditioned on locally roasted coffee beans. This oh, rich, dark brew reminds us that good things still happen while hop fields lay dormant in the off-season. Very interesting. So I'll pass one of these over to Adam as well, and we'll uh, do a little tasting. I see you're re- repositioning some cameras there, Ian. I'm, pl- uh, I'm playing around a little bit. I'm going I'm mm-hmm. to get this Mr. Twirly gig. I'm going to get him in the right spot. All right. I'm going I'm to find a spot that really works. While you do that, I'm going to see what this uh, uh, this dormancy gives me on the nose. Well, on the nose, it gives coffee. That much I can tell you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, very coffee. In fact, and I've gone ahead and taken a sip. I don't think you've uh, done your research on this yet, Ian. But Not yet. This is... This is of any of the coffee uh, stouts or porters that I've had, 
This is the one that actually tastes the most like a cup of coffee. This is this uh, just the smell is so coffee. It, it is it is almost like having a cup of coffee, not like a a beer that's coffee flavored. This is like having a cup of coffee. You know, uh, when I drink coffee, I, I drink it um, just plain black, mm-hmm. like my heart. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't put any. I like, I like, I like. Um, uh, I don't is, put any. This is almost like espresso, though. It's yeah, got that this much that, darker roast uh, flavor to it. Uh-huh, it has that, that coffee bitter that's really mm-hmm. nice. Now, this would be something to have with a cigar. With a big full cigar. Yeah, nice yeah, big full even, cigar. I don't know yep, if, yep. If, if you guys out there don't know that coffee and cigars go so well together. And, of course, that would stand a reason that coffee and um, coffee, beer, and cigars would also go very well together. All right. So I just went from the uh, Bale Breaker Dormancy uh, uh, Breakfast Stout. I just went from that back to the Rogue Dead Guy Whiskey, and it makes the whiskey fuller. In, in, oh, my, interesting. in my mind. I expected yeah. it to actually bury the whiskey. Instead, it makes the whiskey almost... The malty flavors and yeah, the, the sweetness brings comes the malt really out. out. Yes. yes, and it also uh, the whiskey almost becomes bigger, Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, in flavor and bigger in, in Interesting to see texture. what happens when you mm-hmm. go back the other direction. Mm-hmm. What is uh, well, going on there? I, I got to tell you, it, it almost dilutes the coffee a little bit. I don't pull as much of the bitter out. The, the sort of coffee bitter, the espresso You know what? Bitter. I think we may have just found one of those like combinations that mm, yeah. is just magical. Kind of freakishly magical. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. These two are very good. And now think about lighting up a medium to full-bodied cigar yeah. and enjoying it with, all, with both of these beverages. And Geo posts up, uh, coffee and cigars go great together like peanut butter and women. <laughs> Thank you, Gio. That's uh, <laughs> uh, that's perfect. My friend Gio, he doesn't really actually have opinions. Yeah, well, that's good. To, that's good to know. Well, it's just kind of like Wiki Brian. Thank God he doesn't like uh, uh, you know have a, 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 a fra- you know a frame of mind, right? Or, right, or, or, or whatever. Um, uh, Ian, I like this uh, dormancy uh, ale, uh, this dormancy uh, breakfast style very much. I like it too. I, I think that I think that this pairing is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that's that's a blast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to continue exploring this as the show goes on. Well, I think we will do that. We want to thank our uh, guests on the show, Brandon Luna with McAuliffe Cigars. Told you that that was such an interesting exchange with him talking about. You know, being with Nat Sherman when all that regulation yes. stuff went down, the you know when the letter came down, and then uh, we want to thank Jenny Lynn, uh, Jenny Lynn Hunter, uh, who who is welcome to come on this show and drop drop f bombs anytime <laughs> she wants to. She was we hilarious. like her, we like her very much, and Alan Denny, who nobody cares about, but who is our dear friend. Uh, nobody besides us, I guess, cares about him. So um, that's the way it is. Just now. just a just a quick thing. Geo also posted <laughs> up. Speaking of whiskey, I'm sitting here in a bar in Puerto Rico. And a guy just poured Dewar's white label with uh, white label with coconut water. Interesting. <laughs> How about that? That doesn't necessarily seem to me like I would like it, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you never know. Uh, maybe. Uh, so I just wanted to mention, by the way, that with his appearance on the show this week, and I know it makes certain reviewers crazy when we mention this, but apparently now Alan Denny has passed. Christopher Hart, in terms of his appearances on the program. Now we did explain to Alan that being on the same show twice didn't count as two. Extra right, times. right. That was only but one. He's at Correct. least one up. Yeah, yeah. But he's at least one up. So I don't know what that means. I actually haven't heard from Chris Hart in a while. So I don't know if he's been 
but uh, maybe he's been busy and, and I fully know. expect him to pod crash at some point. Uh, I, th- I, I actually I, would, I think I he's actually, out of town right now. I would actually look forward to him pod crashing because because a it's just fun and b he always arrives with great stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, always arrives with great. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think he's uh, out of town doing uh, not only his podcast but probably some tastings and whatnot. Well, we are uh, excited about next week's show. Uh, next week for show number one hundred and forty-one. One week from today, Dave Mitten from Corby Brands will join us. I understand that Dave is something of a Canadian whiskey ambassador. An ambassador of Canadian whiskeys. Canadian whiskeys, eh? <laughs> now, I can enjoy uh, a good Canadian whiskey. I don't like all Canadian whiskeys, but I've had some that have been fantastic. I've had some that are pretty good, eh? And, and we haven't yet. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you. You'd look perfect saying that wearing a toque, by the way. <laughs> so, you know, the trick The trick to saying A at the end of everything yeah? is don't say it like a question. Right. You, you just, right, right. It's you don't literally say, the punctuation. It, it's not A question. It's just A. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we'll see if Dave is... Uh, is you know, prone to that sort of uh, speech pattern. Uh, I haven't met Dave, so I'm looking forward to having him on the show. And uh, and talking Canadian whiskey, and I think talking probably some of the other things that Corby Brands uh, has going on as well. So That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. So I will be honest with you, I don't know a hell of a lot about Canadian whiskey, so I'm interested in uh, uh, interested in learning some. I do know a bit about this uh, Rogue Dead Guy whiskey, and I like it. I'm going to uh, come back around for more of this as we uh, um, get ready, Ian, to... Uh, to put a little more of that in the cup. Oh, mm-hmm. you're a good, you're a good man. Uh, have a great do week. Have a great week, everybody. We appreciate you checking us out here at Smoking and Toasting. Thanks very much, by the way, to Maduro's uh, Cigar Lounge in League City, Texas, for the uh, the little boat that couldn't. And uh, have a wonderful week, my friends. Uh, trust <laughs> no one and cheers. <laughs> Woo-hoo!